You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for January 14th, 2019. On today's show, we have a special guest for the first time ever. The crew discusses Bungie leaving Activision and maintaining their rights to Destiny, more THQ Nordic shenanigans, Nintendo's first-party studios and what they're currently working on, and our official gaming predictions for 2019. We're looking in those crystal balls, baby. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. are already changing here. I've, I've made some changes since last week. Uh, so for those that aren't familiar with how we do things, myself included, Frank, you are back. Frank, you well, you do know how we do things, but Frank, you're back. You've been in Colorado Springs for three and a half weeks now. You've been back for a couple days. Everything that we were doing for the most part has been pre-recorded for both Max Level and BG Mania. So I wasn't really sure how we would end up doing things come 2019. I had an idea of how we would do things, but I wasn't sure exactly how it would be. I've changed the way the flow of the podcast is going to work. I've changed a lot of things, but for the first time ever, the Max Level podcast does have a guest, a third chair, whatever you want to call him. We got Sean on here now. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Hopefully you will be hearing uh, Sean a lot more often on the Max Level podcast whenever we can make it work. And we are putting together a list of people that can become a rotating cast. So Frank and myself should be the regulars. We'll always be on here. Um, But then hopefully our third chair and maybe even a fourth chair in the future will be a constant rotation of a set number of people. So it would bring things a bit more excitement because Frank's not that exciting. We know that. Wow, that's, that's pretty messed up. We know you're not that exciting, so. Thanks, th- thankfully, Sean's here, so I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, we had to bump you. Maybe next time. Well, maybe next time. Yeah, he, he didn't return my calls. That's unfortunate. It's maybe he's up. too busy being Batman or something. But uh, if you didn't know, this is Max Martha! Level, a video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games, dedicated to covering this crazy and ever-changing industry where we bring you the latest information that we think you need to know discuss our adventures through current and sometimes older games and have some fun discussions. I'm Brian, and as you know, we are joined, as always, by the guy who I'm not sure if he did any illegal things while he was gone, but he may have over there in Colorado Springs. It is recreational use only. It's Frank. Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And as I mentioned for the first time ever on Max Level, we have a third chair, a special guest. If you used to watch our Twitch streams, you will remember him as the Boomdoggy himself. It's Shanzi. What's going on? So I sat there for about 20 solid minutes after you told me about this opportunity and thought, what's my intro going to be? What am I going to say? And I'm sure the people next to me in traffic looked at me like I was a crazy person because, you know, you try in the car and all that. And <laughs> and when you brought this up just now, I just I blanked. So here we are. No <laughs> worries. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. And before we forget, Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the show. It would mean the absolute world to us. Just like it would mean the absolute world to us if you would head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I miss that. Leave (laughs) us a rating and leave us a review. So that way we can climb the charts in terms of search results. 
as far as we know, the way the algorithm works on Apple Podcasts, and I, I say iTunes, but I really do mean Apple Podcasts. iTunes is just so ingrained in my brain, but it made uh, it didn't click to me for the longest time until someone left us a comment on one of our YouTube videos. And they're like, hey, are you on Spotify? Which we are now. The podcasts are on Spotify, both Max Level and BG Mania. But he's like, I haven't used iTunes and didn't even know it was a thing. I'm like for the last 10 plus years. It's because it's really not known as iTunes anymore. It like literally is like Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. It's like Apple whatever. So iTunes is still a thing in my brain. But I mean, you know, it happens when you get older. You, you know, you start talking about classic rock and deep purple and, you know, that kind of stuff. You start wearing flannels and (laughs) buying things that you normally wouldn't like a wheelbarrow and stuff. Yeah, man, you need those sometimes. You need those, especially if you're still playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Those wheelbarrows are are stuff. That's uh, true. Yes, the more ratings and reviews we have for the shows, the higher the chance that our shows will appear in search results. So if someone's looking for a new video game podcast to listen to on a weekly basis every Monday morning, they might be able to find us. So we would appreciate it. Takes two minutes. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We're going to now head on over to campaign games. And as I mentioned, we are doing things a little bit differently here in 2019 for the Maxwell podcast. Every time we do campaign games now. Each person on the show will be bringing one game to present in order to talk about for anywhere from five to ten minutes, whatever. And I think that because if you remember, and I actually talked to with you about this yesterday, Frank, or the day before, there were times when I would sit there and talk about three games extensively and you contributed nothing. Uh, Frank, do you want to go first? Because you got a lot of time to play one specific game okay. for the last three weeks. And, you know, maybe people are crazy enough that they actually missed you, but I highly doubt it. I bring the ruckus. OK, so, yeah, since I was on vacation, I didn't have access to my full video game library. So I had I brought my switch with me. As you said, you were going to do. Which, yeah, of course, uh, I, I don't, to Frank, not lie. <laughs> OK, OK. <laughs> Often. All the oh. time. I don't lie all the time. That many times, that many times a day. So, yeah, from the second I got to the airport throughout my entire flight because I could not sleep because of a child behind me, I played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And my idea of beating a game, as I said, for this game would be completing the the classic mode with each and every character. Right. Which I think is absurd, but is, more, pow- more power to you. Uh, so over the course of the past three weeks... I have taken each and every character who I've, I've already unlocked everybody. I've taken each and every character through 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 the classic adventure mode, and oh my god, it, sometimes it was impossible. The ice climbers, I can't play as the ice climbers. I don't know how I pulled off the ice climbers. Pichu is one of those ones who's just impossible to play as. Um, a lot of cool little like nods and stories along the way. I highly recommend doing this classic mode to everybody. Like like Mario's story, of course, you know, the last person you're going to fight, spoiler alert, is Bowser. Um, <laughs> with Link, you're not going to believe it, but you actually fight. What's his, what's his name again? Oh, yeah, Ganondorf. Oh, it's, it's, not, like, too, it's not too Link? No, that, that would have been uh, cool. Uh, okay. Or Dark Link. But yeah, like, so, so all, these things, all these stories, there's, there's almost like a story to it of why you're doing these things. Uh, Donkey Kong is, you know, he's going to face Mario at the end because that's what Donkey Kong, you know, Donkey Kong and Pauline and all the whole shebang. Right. It was cool. It was cool stuff. Uh, unlocked a ton of things along the way. I have just about every piece of armor you could think of to create my own knees. Uh, I tried to get all the music. That's going to take forever. It's it going is. to take forever. It is. It's, it's going to be. It's not something that I'm sure they'll ever actually complete. I don't know if I'll have every track ever unlocked. I'm going to work on it. Um, I mean, this game, now that I've fully beaten it, is not going to be the main game I start playing. Um, you know, obviously, I had the new stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks is going to be the game I play. You know, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we're 
two and a half weeks away. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm still loving this. I bought this for my friend for Christmas, so I'm hoping you know to get some online games going. Maybe me and Brian will actually play one of these days. Uh, so to me, you know, like I said, to me, I, I beat this game. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, there's things to unlock forever. I'm never going to get all the souls. It's not yeah. going to happen. Well, I, I, I would like to, but I just don't think that. Uh, well, we know you'd have to actually buy the Eevee version of Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Pokemon in order to unlock everything, because that's, you know, you that's exclusive. So you have po- you have Pikachu, you have Eevee for the spirits. Um, yeah, it, it is. I'll never have all one thousand two hundred ninety there. And, you know, they're going to add more. No, they already, they already have added more. Uh, so it's over thirteen hundred now. Yeah, I haven't booted it up in a few weeks, so you have so many games you're playing, Brian. So I do not fault you. I mean, I fault you for so many other things. Your it's appearance, okay. It's a, hey, dude, I look great. I don't know what you're talking about. Fabulous. Gorgeous. <laughs> you look like a lion who shaved his face. OK, uh, well, you're that's awesome. That's, that's awesome because I, 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 the, the Lion I'm, King comes out this year. That's awesome. Simba's alive. <laughs> oh. It's going to be my favorite live action computer movie of the year. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that movie. It looks so good. You just can't wait to be king. I get it. I get it. Well, I already I don't want to be king. You called yourself the king for the longest time. I don't want to be king. Sean, what did you play this week? Okay, so I'm a very casual gamer. You are. I decided, hey, you know, I'm going to go do some throwbacks. So I got on my switch. I said, yeah, you know, maybe I'll play something like, you know, a little more retro feeling. I, I booted up Golf Story, right? So I'm playing Golf Story, and I, I know you've talked about it on the podcast a couple times. You know, I, I hyped it up. I loved it. I went back to Golf Story, and I don't think I should have. Man, I, let I, me tell I, you. I want to return to that game in the future. I do. Don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. It's <laughs> it's horrible. So you get on there, right? You don't remember any of the controls. Um, I was on the beach level. I don't know if you got that far, but it's it's pretty I unique. Did. Like there's a lot of putting challenges. There's a lot of things like that. So I spent 25 minutes trying to putt through a putting challenge. <laughs> I tried everything. I, I couldn't figure it out. I looked at the controls. I just did not have my mojo. And um I think I was talking to you when I was doing it. And I, I know you could see the progression of my attitude get worse and worse and worse. Like I would type, I would type to you. I'd be like, Oh, this is, this is all right. You know, this isn't too bad. And then like 50 minutes later, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like banging on my keyboard. Well, we were, we were actually watching uh, Kyle stream on Twitch and I think you were playing golf store at the same time. So it was horrible. Yeah. I, like I want to uninstall the game now. I, I don't know. Is there a way to undownload a game? Just I think it. I have to literally, just, literally just delete it. Delete it. Yep. I'm going to have to crap that off my, my system. It's done. So, you, so you're not enticed to go back. I want to know what's fun about it when you're not doing like the, the whole, like I want to beat the story, which isn't actually that gripping anyways. Like, I don't know how many times I've chased around max yard saying, please come promote my golf course. Uh, <laughs> and how, how exciting is that after hours of gameplay? You know what I mean? No, I hear you. So I think that's a, that's done. Um, so I, st- I started my free trial on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. The Nintendo online service thing. Yeah. Which I was pleasantly surprised with. I don't know. Were you guys? I think it works really, really well. It, it's it's, co- it's really cool. Uh, my only downside is I couldn't play it when I didn't have Internet. That is that, true. Yeah. I actually never thought of that, but that's true. Yeah. What, what would be something that you would like to see in it? Like I like a download feature. Maybe you pick one game at a time and you can put it on your system and play it offline. Oh, that, that would be, be cool. That would be yeah, cool. Just, yeah, because, because these games aren't a Nintendo game itself is what, like 30, 40 kilobytes. Not even, not even. Yeah. Those that, things are tiny. You know, so. Those things are smaller than a, a word document in 2019. 
Yeah, so like they, they can they just <laughs> have, have the, the local copy of the game, you know. There's, there's, not, there's no need for these games to connect to the internet. Well, some of them. Uh, yeah, they do have multiplayer stuff, so, you know, some of these games have built-in new multiplayer modes True. to them, so there is a reason for them to be connected, but in order to just enjoy the game as it was, you know, 20-plus years ago, it doesn't need to be connected to the internet, no. 30-plus years ago, really, for some of these games. That's true. That's true. And you know what's cool about this is I thought, okay, I grew up with these games. I'm going to go play a game that I never really finished. It'll be easy coming down off my golf story let down and, you know, just really being upset and almost, you know, throwing my switch across the room. So I said, I'm going to boot up Zelda, right? So I go, I go on Zelda and I'm checking it out. And I quickly realized that people were crazy back then. They were freaking nuts. Like, what kind of game is this? Okay, there's no setup. You show up and you're just in the middle of a a dirt field with a cave and you go in there and some random guy gives you a sword, which is not realistic. Let's just face it. Who just (laughs) gives you a sword? Right. And it's a wooden one, too. So it's really crap. It's not even good. But it's I, I literally spent 12 minutes trying to find level one. Where's level one? Go out to the right, up three times, over to the left once. Um, that's not good, there. <laughs> is that is this the first time you've actually played Zelda One? As an adult, yes. Okay. As a kid, you know when you boot up a game and you're a kid and you just like dink around forever. Yeah, and you're like, this is yeah. great. I'm having the time of my life. Well, not old Sean, not tax paying Sean. Who <laughs> I don't understand what they were thinking when they made this game. Hyrule is just this discombobulated, unfolded square cube into little pieces everywhere and so you're trying to walk across each side of it so i i played it for a while but surprisingly i find myself coming back to it every day and i don't know if that's like a a slap on my video game manhood like you know you sit there and you feel like a wuss because you can't even beat a 45 year old game or however old it is it's a good game with just it it didn't uh it, it translated well to the future but the actual design is a bit rough yeah i want to speak on that um uh, if you don't mind you said you didn't know where you were going me as a kid um i think i believe i beat up to level five on my own not needing any help i found everything that way which is impressive in, into itself but i do believe it's level six or level seven is where you need to take a whistle go to a random lake and blow the whistle to dry, to, dry, to, to dry it out so you can go down to the level. Wait, is that the one that's like right next to the fairy fountain? Yes. Okay, yeah. So I'm walking around that for four minutes trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I, I, You know, honest to goodness, it's a really interesting game. It, it makes you wonder where along the way did we lose that formula because it's simple. You just go in there, you just do your thing. It's a gameplay experience. It's not just for the story. Like, I don't even know if there's a hint that Zelda exists in that game besides the box art until you actually get to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there is. I don't know. It's something to think about. I don't know. I'll I'll keep you guys posted on it. Honest to goodness, I just finished level two. Okay, so you are you are making progress. I, I am. I'm I'm slowly getting there. And I'm not bad at video games. I'm not good at them either. But I mean, you can testify. You are don't you, have to. I'll are you doing you this? Later. Are you doing this on your own? Or are you going to look things up? Right. I think I- Truth. 
I, I googled it. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, if you're googling it, grab the overworld hearts while you're at it. Make your make your life a little easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I actually just looked at the overworld map for a bit just to figure out whether or not I was crazy, and quickly you realize that that's not all there is though. Like the Lost Woods is just one box on the map. But let's be honest. I mean. Yeah, you got to go through a sequence and then there's like other fun things about it. But you know what threw me off the most about that game? And this will be the last part I talk about it. How many dungeony looking places are there on that map that are not dungeons? It's a huge letdown. You're like, oh, I found one. I'm freaking in. Let's do this. And then you go in there. It's some dude smoking a cigarette. And he's like, <laughs> hey, you want this boomerang? And you're like, no, <laughs> I want some Triforce, dude. Like, what's going on here? I don't know. And I can't tell you how many times someone's like, hey, this place is a secret. Don't tell anyone. Here's this rupee. I'm like, dude, this is great. Thank you for this gift. It's it's wonderful. But where am I going? Like, can you give me some advice or like tell me what to do? So that's that's the hardest part about Zelda. And I think that's just games in its infancy. It's it is exciting to go back to roots and see where things came from. And surprisingly enough, I mean, the Zelda series is very good at pulling from old IPs and integrating them into new games. Like I, I feel like, you know, the wind waker having a lot of stuff that was kind of shown off in breath of the wild. And you can even kind of see some elements in breath of the wild that are in the first Zelda. Which I, is think, really, I think breath really of the cool. wild is the closest to the first Zelda we've ever had. And since the first Zelda. Yeah, it is. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted. I tried Dr. Mario for a bit. Love Dr. Mario. I'm horrible at that game. Love Dr. Mario. <laughs> Frank, did you figure out which whistle was for that lake, though? Did you figure out how to how to do that whistle? My, I swear to God, my kindergarten teacher, Miss Rodriguez, okay, told me to do that. <laughs> it came up in conversation like my mother was there to pick me up, and and, and it came in conversation. And she goes, "Oh yeah, you got to blow the whistle there," and it blew my freaking mind. Nice. Is that yeah. the only thing you remember about her, though? No, no, no. She, she, she was an awesome teacher, actually. <laughs> I actually stayed connected for most of my, my, my life. Did she uh, did she go easier on you and actually feel sorry for you and give you better grades because you were a dumb kid back then, though? <laughs> There's grades in kindergarten? <laughs> I don't think so. I believe so. Wasn't there? You get like an A plus A plus in nap time and stuff. Shoot. A plus plus. I'm the best. <laughs> nice. You got you, you got that triple S in, in lunchtime. Dude. I can throw it down on lunch. And again, this is an audio podcast. You don't need to call me fat, okay? <laughs> As I mentioned last week uh, during the 100 game challenge update, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, uh, one of my goals that I had set for myself was to try to finish Tales of Berseria before Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition, came out. And it did come out this past Friday. I picked it up. I, my copy came from Amazon in the afternoon. Um, as a time of recording, we do record these on Saturday afternoons. I have not actually started Vesperia yet. Failure. Well, I haven't. I did fail. I haven't. I haven't finished Berseria. <laughs> so uh, I hadn't played. And I, I obviously our review is up on leveldowngames.com for Tales of Berseria. I was very far into this game, but I didn't realize how much extra content I still had left. I was almost done with the main story, but I left a lot of side content unfinished. So I've been going around and doing that. And I didn't realize I probably left 15, 20 plus hours worth of stuff unfinished that I'm that I'm currently working on trying to get done. And the last time I had booted up Tales of Berseria, I it was like February of 2017. So over almost two years ago, 
And I got back into the game, had no clue what I was doing, much like Sean was talking about with Golf Story. No idea what the controls were, trying to remember how to do the battle system. And it took me a good couple hours to get back into the swing of things and remember what I was doing. So I don't want to really put myself at a disadvantage and stop the game again to go to something else and then come back to it later. Because obviously there's no correlation between Tales of Berseria and Tales of Vesperia. They sound similar, but there's no correlation between the two of them. Like Vesperia was 10 plus years ago on the Xbox 360, has no story tie-ins or any relation to Tales of Berseria. The only game that Berseria is related to is Zestiria. Those two games are directly related. These all sound like diseases. Uh, they're, they're not diseases. No, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't get Vesperia from one of your high school girlfriends? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I got no, lucky. No. I, got, I got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky with that one. Which, by the way, this game back in the date, it's a gorgeous 360 game. Vesperia? It is. Yeah. It is. I didn't realize how, how good they made the game look back then, but that... That translates pretty well. It does. And I, I'm curious to jump back into it on the PS4 now to see because I know they. Did, it's not like a it's not a remake. It's not like a that much of even a remaster. It's just a definitive edition. Like it's an HD port of the 360 version on the PS4. So I'm curious to see if it looks as good as we remember it looking. I hope so. Because Vesperia is one of the few Tales games that I've never finished. Um, because I always wanted the PlayStation 3 version for Vesperia. I like my Tales games on on Sony platforms or Nintendo platforms. Um, playing a RPG on, on an Xbox console just feels very weird to me. Like it, it was weird playing Blue Dragon on there. It was weird playing Lost Odyssey. So it felt weird playing Tales of Vesperia. Uh, so I never actually finished it. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. But I do want to finish Tales of Berseria first. I thought I would actually have it done yesterday. So Friday, but I didn't actually get a chance to. I had some other things come up and then I never got around to actually finishing it in nighttime. And I actually fell asleep earlier last night, which I was glad because obviously we got up for the first time in almost a month to record these shows on a Saturday. So uh, I've been I've been sleeping a lot longer than I than I used to on Saturday. So I got to get back into waking up at normal times and recording these episodes on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, so I should have this done soon. Um, but that'll now bring us into tasty treats because I want to actually update us on the 100 game challenge. Frank, I know you didn't play anything else. Uh, Sean, I know you really only played. Yeah, the, play anything else. You'd already, you already told me you only played one game. I also played Pokemon Go. Yeah, uh, players really, always playing, Brian. I don't really care about Pokemon. I don't really care I, about I, Pokemon I, I, Go. I, I've also been playing DraftKings, so you know. Well, well we don't talk. Money. We don't talk about gambling here. You know, that's. I play the free game. <laughs> <laughs> I used the credits, man. <laughs> sure. Um, and I'm second here to that Pokemon Go. So I know, Sean, you said you only played really uh, Golf Story and Netflix. The only other game I want to talk about is is one of the ones I set for myself for the goal last week. I'd said Death's Gambit, Tales of Berseria, and 11.11 Memories Retold. I did finish 11.11 Memories Retold. Um, so I finally got around to, which came out back in November of 2018, and was that one, Frank, if you remember me talking about it a couple months ago, where it's a Veterans Day game, yeah, yeah, like the Veterans Day one, we it's like the war story based off of World War Two and you play as two different sides. You have the one guy who's like a photographer in the war and the other guy who is like a German engineer. It's that game, a very emotional game, especially when I got to the I'm glad I finished it finally. So it was cool to knock that one out. Um, so for the 100 game challenge, I am up to four games now because I added 1111 memories are told. So I'm on pace. I was actually hoping to be at five or six this week. I'm behind where I wanted to be, but I still am on pace for the two per week. Uh, my goals for this week are now to finish Death's Gambit and Tales of Berseria, but I also want to finish Vane and Y2K, a postmodern RPG. We'll get to those two games in a little bit. Uh, Frank, 
you are at one game, correct? Super Smash Bros. Yeah, Ultimate. I'm at, I'm at one game. I am close to meeting two others, though. Okay. So is that is that your goal for this week, or? Yeah, I'm gonna try to my next max level be a three or four. Okay. You want to catch up to me then? I want to play some video games. It's been a minute since I've actually been able to sit down and play video games. Yeah. So plus, you can't move around that much anyway because you're in a lot of pain. So. Be good to just it sit there and true. play some games. Be good to sit there and play some games. And Sean, you are not partaking in the 100 game challenge just because you are a guest on the show. You are not a regular. Yeah, I'm just going to finish Zelda this year. That's, yeah. that's the, <laughs> the goal that's is to finish one. Zelda. And once you're done with that, you should move on to Zelda 2 when it comes out on Netflix, because that is a totally different and crazy experience. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, if you want to play an easy game just to kind of take the edge off Castlevania or Castle, you know, Castlevania oh, 2. Yeah, easy games, huh? Yeah. Some of the most confusing ass games there are. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's on there. Me, it's time to move into the weekly scoop news report. But as I mentioned, we are doing things a little bit differently here for the weekly scoop news report. We've taken out the game announcements. We've taken out the teases and leaks. We've taken out the delays, the DLCs, the sales and revenue. We're not breaking it down by category anymore because we are going to just be focusing on the biggest stories each week for the weekly scoop news report. And there's one massive story that I want to kick things off with. Activision is transferring full publishing rights to the Destiny franchise to developer Bungie, which will publish the franchise going forward. The company's jointly announced, quote, we have enjoyed a successful eight year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny. Looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights for Destiny to Bungie. With our remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own, while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. In its own statement, Activision said, quote, today we're announcing plans for Bungie to assume full publishing rights and responsibilities for the Destiny franchise. Going forward, Bungie will one will one and develop the franchise. Uh, they probably, they probably mean own. I think, yeah, I think it meant own will own and develop the franchise and Activision will increase its focus on own life. So they literally said the same thing. Activision and Bungie are committed to a seamless transition for the Destiny franchise and will continue to work closely during the transition on behalf of the community of Destiny players around the world, end quote. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like the talk that the parents who are getting the divorce give to the kids. Yes. Like, oh, things, you know, things are going to be fine. You. Yeah. Things are fine. You're going to have two dads and two moms now. Make no mistake about it. This is the most amicable breakup that we've ever seen in video gaming. And Agreed. it really translates to, hey, we can't sell your game. And Bungie said, well, let us try. And that's pretty much where I feel like it's going. I don't know. What do you what do you think? I think this is massive, dude. I think this is huge because Bungie, we all know this. Bungie has been struggling severely since leaving Microsoft. And, you know, they, they left the Halo franchise that got transferred to 343. And then they went off and decided to do this Destiny thing with this 10 year plan with Activision. They were going to put out Destiny 1, 2 and 3 and all these expansions and have this huge game and huge world, huge community. And it just never really panned out. Destiny one was atrocious. Destiny one was bad and it wasn't atrocious in terms of sales. Well, it, has, or, it has a very, very loyal community, though. It does. But that community has dwindled significantly. Of course, yeah. there's, there's some diehards, but there, yeah, it is. It has gotten a lot smaller. Yeah, because they don't put stories in their games. No, they didn't. And that, that's what the issue was with Destiny one. Now, Destiny two had some semblance of a story, but the story fell off as soon as you got to um, the max level. As soon as you got to level 20 or whatever yeah. it was at the time, there literally was no story content left. It was all just the same as it was in Destiny 1. And I think that is one of the bigger issues that Bungie was very much like Blizzard, where they took their time developing Halo. They took their time with all these things and they weren't rushed. Microsoft never really rushed them. 
But I think Activision being the big company that they are, and obviously Microsoft is a big company as well, but Activision is really on that yearly release schedule. They want a new Call of Duty every year. They want a new everything every year. So I really think that they forced Bungie into putting out things when they weren't ready. I think this can only be a good move for both Bungie and the Destiny franchise. Now, my only wonder is... Are we going to see anything else from Destiny 2 after the Forsaken update, which supposedly is a pretty good update? And, you know, fans that have been playing Destiny 2 have said it's probably the best thing that they've done in a long time. But are we going to see anything else for Destiny 2? Are they or are they immediately going to move on now to Destiny 3 on their own and see what they can do by themselves and take a couple years to develop it? Destiny 3 being obviously a PlayStation 5 Xbox Scarlet game. Do you think on their own is actually the route they're going to go? You don't think someone's going to try to jump in there and try to pick up Bungie? I think that somebody will partner up with. I think that somebody will try. I know who's going to try. We both know who's going to try. I think Bungie's going to turn them down. THQ Nordic is going to do this. Okay. THQ Nordic is absolutely going to try. You know they're going to try, but I think Bungie turns them down because. I do think that they want to be independent right now. I think, you know, they, they've been with Microsoft for the longest time. And they're with Activision for a while. I think they would like to try their hand at doing it by themselves because they've even mentioned like they want to self-publish this. And Bethesda is a good example of what that could be. Bethesda is a company that self-publishes their own games. You know, they develop and self-publish their own games. And obviously they're having some issues right now as well with Fallout 76. But still, they, they are a company that has pretty good success with developing and publishing their own games. So Bungie could become something like that. I, I think they're going to try. I think they for now, at least they're going to turn down any offers. But I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll cave to a good offer or something through. I, I don't know that it'll be THQ. Nordic, can't turn but down I, the Austrian billions. But, but, I, on, but, I, but I guarantee you THQ, THQ Nordic will try. But I think this reason this is so big to me is because what does this potentially mean for Blizzard in the future? I think that'll happen as well. I think maybe they'll let Blizzard self-publish. Blizzard and Activision. So Blizzard was partnered with Vivendi and then Vivendi and Activision, like Vivendi acquired Activision or whatever. So that way, then that's when the company became Activision Blizzard. Activision and Blizzard never actually like, you know, agreed to combine their companies. This was all just done through the parent company, Vivendi. So now we have Activision Blizzard. I do think that Blizzard and Sean, I know you can talk about this as well. Blizzard's in a lot of trouble. Blizzard is struggling heavily. So I think the only way for them to really get back to the way that they used to be and how, you know, how awesome their games were and how good they were is to break off from Activision and and re-split the companies and have Activision be one and Blizzard be the other. I think that'd be the only way for Blizzard to get back to the way things used to be five, ten plus years ago. Because as we saw, I mean, World of Warcraft is struggling. Starcraft is all but done right now. This whole issue with Diablo Immortal and where's Diablo 4? And then, you know, Heroes of the Storm is now pretty much dwindling down because they had to take people off that and put those on different games. I don't know, Sean, what do you think about Blizzard? Do you think that's a possibility in the future? Okay, I thought about this a lot and I'm going to say some things that is going to hurt some people's feelings. And and I apologize, but I promise I'm going to make it right. So how many Blizzard fans out there are holding on to nostalgia? And just just like that's how they base their fan base on all of the Blizzard games, right? You look uh, absolutely. You look mm-hmm. at Warcraft and the success that they had with Warcraft, 
you can definitely see them playing on people's nostalgia factor. Their loyalty to the franchise in and of itself is rooted in years of gameplay experience, but nothing new has been just gripping. And even their most successful expansions to the game to this point in the past couple of years have been redrafting old ideas, bringing new uh, twists on old characters and old stories. And, and by, and by that, you mean old characters from like Warcraft three. Exactly. So, you know, you've got the whole Legion deal and uh, you know, battle for Azeroth. Most of the, the key players in that and warlords of Draenor, especially are from the war three frozen throne war three days. So you look at that, that's kind of painful because where do you go from there? What what do you do now? How many times are you going to do the same thing with a different topping on it? And then you look at other properties like Diablo. Frank, huge Diablo fan, right? Yes. How long has it been since they released something that was worth the full price of a game for Diablo? Diablo 2. <laughs> right. It's been a long time. So you look at this and to a casual gamer like myself, I'm not hardcore. I only go around and pick up games when I know that they're going to be good, right? How many decisions is Blizzard going to make based on marketing before it puts them too far behind the competition is my, is my fear. And how does marketing from the parent company and Activision affect Blizzard in a whole? And if they split off, what could change? That's the fear. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I think marketing is a huge contributor to their decisions lately. I think the mobile game, very uncharacteristic of Blizzard, yes. no matter what they say. That is a total money grab. And I do think that is more Activision than Blizzard. So, you know, the the whole statement is that Activision has no control over what Blizzard does. And I, and I do think that's just corporate talk. Oh, I think they have they have some some contributing factor to things that Blizzard does because yeah, I mean, and I, and I am one of the ones that's okay with Diablo Immortal. I'm fine with it. If they want to put out a mobile title, that is perfectly fine. As as long as it's good. And as long as it tells a good story, I'm going to check it out. It's you're right. It is very uncharacteristic. Blizzard is the kind of company that is very loyal to their fan base. And, you know, they kind of will take their time and put out things that they know their fans want to play. So, is the marketing factor, and, and by that, do you mean that Activision helps them heavily with marketing? I think it just seems like everything lately is squeezing for dollars. Okay. So how can we get the most money out of each player and not really providing an experience for the sake of providing the experience? You look at Blizzard's history in releasing games. We all know Diablo is kind of like the radical wild child because that's the most platform heavy game that they really have. They released that on systems. They've put it out on PlayStation and different things. They've put it out on, on consoles where you could actually play it as a standalone console game. None of their other games do that. Overwatch. Overwatch. Yes. Overwatch. Yes. But to me, Overwatch was kind of a letdown too. I mean, they were working on a big, robust game, and it seems like they just kind of pieced it out to make something that would work. Yeah, Overwatch was originally Titan, right? Overwatch was supposed to be that the MMO successor to World of Warcraft. And for whatever reason, they they decided against that and decided to just continue with World of Warcraft. And they folded Titan into a new idea in Overwatch. So we have to wonder what Titan would have actually been. Uh, 
potentially something very close to destiny who knows maybe and that that could have been a parent company thing like saying hey we want to go a different route and yeah to me i feel like blizzard just lost their identity along the way maybe that's a good thing maybe people are done buying those games and you can't release a diablo 4 and expect it to blow up the way diablo 2 did unless they reinvent the wheel with diablo 4 right maybe they look at it yeah how do you how do you reinvent the wheel how many times though it's still gonna roll i was gonna say i think warcraft needs to do world of warcraft too what do you what do you think about that brian i think that they will potentially try to do that at some point in the future um we obviously know mike morheim is no longer the president and which is sad i really am a big fan of his but he you know he stepped down from being the ceo of blizzard and you know passed off the reins to jay allen brack who i'm a huge fan of as well i like jay allen brack i think he does good things over there at blizzard uh has been doing great things for the warcraft franchise for the longest time i think Killer that ponytail yeah absolutely you know I, i'm a i'm a huge fan of the long hair so <laughs> um i think that as the and, and, and World of Warcraft subscription numbers, they're nowhere near what they used to be. Uh, they're they're struggling severely. So, you know, Battle for Azeroth has not been the profitable and exciting expansion that they set it out to be. I don't know if you've been following it at all, but, you know, you and I jumped in hardcore when it first came out. And, you know, you've barely played it since and I've only jumped in here and there. But Battle for Azeroth is heavily struggling as well in terms of the end game content. I, I think that they are losing subscribers left and right still. They're probably hovering somewhere around 4 million, maybe if, if even that, which is, you know, the lowest they've been in the longest time. And I think that while the while at $15 a month, that's still a, a lot of money and that's still more subscribers than any other MMO actually has. I think at some point when they lose enough subscribers, they're going to sit down and be like, well, I wonder if we should actually try a true sequel to World of Warcraft. But I think in order to do that, they're going to have to release one game first, and that's Warcraft 4. If there ever is going to be a World of Warcraft 2. Because you think they need something to draw to. Correct. If there, if there will okay. ever be a war, if there will ever be a World of Warcraft 2, there will have to be a Warcraft 4 before that. And maybe the Warcraft 3 Reforged that's coming out later this year is an indicator that they are interested in doing a Warcraft 4 and a, you know, we're getting World of Warcraft classics. So maybe that's an indication that, hey, we're open to doing a World of Warcraft 2, because now if they if they put out Warcraft 3 Reforged and it does really, really well, which I'm assuming that it will, then they'll be like, OK, well, maybe these people actually want a new Warcraft RTS and they'll begin work on Warcraft 4. And then if World of Warcraft Classic does well, which does require a subscription to World of Warcraft, so now they're getting some subscribers back who want to jump back into the classic model of Warcraft, which I know, Frank, you're looking forward to that because you've never played World of Warcraft and you want to jump in and see it when it was back in 2004. So if that does well, maybe then they start World of Warcraft over through the classic edition and build their way back up throughout the years. You know, maybe we'll get a Burning Crusade and a Wrath of the Lich King. But at the same time, they're also working on World of Warcraft 2. So maybe that's a business model that they could potentially follow. I'm not sure. It's exciting times, I guess, but we'll have to see the what question, happens. The question is, do they commit to hitting know. a reset? You know, all of their success as of late has been turning back the clock. Do you actually do that? That's that's the hard part. It's, it's a gamble. I know we're talking about DraftKings a little while ago. It is a gamble. So I don't know if uh, I think they will. I think it's I think it's beneficial enough for them to try it. And I and I think the the whole World of Warcraft classic, which is coming out this summer, is the testing ground for that to see if it's worth it to reset the clock. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be exciting, though. Are you going to play Warcraft classic, Sean? Uh, 
yeah, I maybe. I, I don't know how many times I can spam looking for group <laughs> and hanging out at level 20 in Baron's chat. <laughs> I'm going to play as a half-orc fighter. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they introduced half-orcs into the game, that would be wonderful at some point. But um, you know what? Did you... Okay, look at it this way. How many times did you play Warcraft Classic and actually sit down for less than two hours and do something productive rarely ever rarely ever so i feel like times are a little different now people (laughs) people can't spend 15 hours a weekend trying to level up their character twice you know it's just not happening anymore so we'll see i think it's more of a niche market i think it's for diehards and i think it'll i think it'll put butts in the seats but i don't know how often they're going to show up Exactly. We'll have to see it. That, that's why that's why I want to be there, man. I really do want to experience it because I think it's going to be it's going to be an incredible experience because Frank, all these people Baron's know they chat. want it. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He, he doesn't know about the Baron's chat yet. So, oh, my gosh, you got to experience Baron's chat, bro. Yeah. It's great. And, and the only <laughs> the only reason the only way to really experience Baron's chat the way it was meant to be experienced is to have a horde character. The alliance side of the Baron's chat is not nearly as good. So. Why the hell would I join the Alliance? Because it's where I play. False. <laughs> <laughs> um, this here is actually really crazy. The Nintendo Switch is approaching the lifetime to date sales numbers of the PlayStation 4 over in Japan. So last week's sales numbers have the PS4 sitting at 7.7 million units sold in roughly a five year time span, while the Nintendo Switch is sitting at 7 million units sold in just under two years. Worldwide, the PS4 is at 91.6 million and the Switch is somewhere between 25 and 30 million with official numbers expected to release by or in March with their, you know, their end of the year fiscal results Um, before at the end of October. So October 30th, they released their latest results and they were at 22.7 or 8 million and they had their most successful holiday season ever. They had their most successful Black Friday. So you have to assume the Switch probably sold anywhere from five to seven million and you know worldwide you during, so? absolutely absolutely during november december and everybody uh, already has one well a lot of people have one now because of pokemon and smash but a lot of people didn't have one in november and december which hasn't been included in the actual official numbers yet plus we have games coming out now in january february and march so by the end of march it'll be exciting to see where the switch is i i guarantee you it'll be somewhere between 25 and 30 million um i want to kind of take this for a second here and talk about console gaming over in Japan, where we know console gaming has been dwindling heavily since like the PlayStation 2 era. So the PS4 being at 7.7 million and the Switch now being at 7 million, this cannot be related to the Switch being a handheld because the Vita, <laughs> no, the Vita, which was extremely successful, only sold 5.9 million units in Japan, which was a dedicated handheld. So it's not just the handheld aspect of the Nintendo Switch that is making it sell over in Japan. What do we think is the reason why the Switch is doing so well in Japan? Because the Switch will pass the PS4 in 2019 over in Japan. It's all but it's all but ready to happen. I mean, they're selling double this. The Switch is selling double the PS4 every single week. So by mid to late 2019, it will pass the PS4. Um, Sean, you're a big fan of the switch. Do you think there's any potential reason why this is happening over in Japan? Like, could we potentially see a console resurgence happening over there? You know, I don't know because Japan, they love Nintendo. 
They they, they are do. so loyal to Nintendo. They could release a crappy Nintendogs game, and it would probably sell really well sometimes in Japan. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Frank bought Nintendogs. Which one, Chihuahuas? I think so. It was the first game I bought on my uh, 3DS. I remember that story. Yeah, I think I had the the the, the dash in the version. I bought, but, 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 but I literally bought it in Nintendo World because I needed to have a game with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also also bought Street Fighter Four for the for which is another bad decision. Bunch of oh, bad decisions left and right. Well, Sorry you know what? Frank. That's that's to be expected. That's nothing new here. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I tried Wikipediaing the 3DS. I I think the key to deciding whether or not which is the one console, of the most successful handhelds of all time, if not the most exactly. successful. You look at Japan. There were there were features about the community of Japan that really played well to the 3DS. I think we can all agree the 3DS was built for Japan. Agreed. They had especially with like yeah, I was gonna say especially with Street Pass. Yep, absolutely. You know, you wonder if people caught on to that train and then thought, "Wow, I can take my Switch the same way that I did with the 3DS and play mainline games." That might have been something to do with getting people hooked, but it's just probably a culture thing. I mean. You look at America and we were stoked for the switch. Mm-hmm. We had been dying for the switch because we thought, oh, 3DS is so cool. We'll take it anywhere we want to go. But they don't release any of the Nintendo games that we really, really want to see on it. And now we can have it. I don't know a whole lot of people who play their switch docked besides you. Yeah, me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's just a different crowd. Because, Frank, you're, you're more of a handheld person as well in terms of the switch. I can't think of the last time I've actually docked my Switch. Maybe to play uh, Octopath in bed. Oh, yeah, on your projector. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably about it. But yeah, everything is handheld. Yeah, and everything. I, I rarely play handheld. The only game I actually play handheld is Pokemon Let's Go because you know of the. It, you know how great it was to play Zelda on the toilet? Breath of the Wild? Yeah. I don't want to think about I don't, I, don't, I don't think I want to think about you taking a shit and playing Breath of the Wild, dude. I don't want to think about that. Come on now. No one wants to hear about that. See, um, I had had a lot of corn earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, so you were stuck on there for a while. Had to get through some of them shrines. I see how it is. Um, I think this is a this is only a positive, obviously, because as long as there's one manufacturer doing well in Japan, we will keep getting these franchises. And, and I know, Frank, you're not a huge Japanese gamer, but... A lot of the franchises you really do hold dear come from Japan. So if the video game market were to disappear over in Japan, it would be. Yes, I would lose my JRPGs, but you would lose a lot of things that you actually really like as well. Like, you know, you look at your Capcoms and all that stuff, and they're all based in Japan as well. So as long as the video game market stays healthy in Japan, I think we have, you know, that that can only be a positive. Whether it's Sony doing well over there, whether it's Nintendo doing well over there, and Microsoft will never do well over there. But as long as Sony and Nintendo or one of them is doing well, I think that just keeps the video game market healthy and fresh over there. So that way, you know, we keep getting these game franchises from the studios that we really do enjoy. So we'll have to we'll have to see how things go. I think it's crazy though. The Switch is doing so well. It's doing well here. It's doing well here in the U.S. as well. So I love how great it's doing. I've seen actually a lot. Of, I was at the airport. I was there for a while. I had a bit of a layover. A lot of people out there just playing the Switch. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I have a question for you guys, real fast. So how come Nintendo, which is a very very multiplayer heavy company, 
Um, they've they've made a lot of their success on the N64 and the GameCube and the four players. And how come they suck so bad at online play when they've tried to implement so many community features in their consoles? Can you imagine what the Switch would be doing right now if they had uh, infrastructure like PlayStation Network or Xbox Live attached to their their console? What, All they what do is, as long as, you, as long as you have a cell phone, you could talk to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as you got your Turtle Beach headset on and your your iPhone going at the same time, I just don't see it. They take the Blizzard stance. Don't you have a cell phone? Gosh. Can't you? Oh, you, you, you I'm going to throw oh, up. You can play Diablo. Diablo Immortal. <laughs> Where's Netties? We need Netties right now. Exactly. <laughs> they've, Nintendo's never been good at online. Uh, I think the Switch is probably the best they've ever had, and that's still not even close. <laughs> I think it was more awkward to ask someone for their friend code than it was to ask your girl for her number. You know? <laughs> can I have your friend code, man? I really want to smash you sometime. <laughs> Brian, I need your code so you can come to my Animal Crossing town. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Frank, you mentioned THQ Nordic earlier. They are starting off their 2019 with another IP acquisition. This time purchasing, don't raise the roof because this is stupid. This time purchasing Outcast from the three original creators of the game. In Slow National, Underground, Thunderpound, When I Stomp the Ground. Oh, wait, over on Different Outcast. Um, that was, I'm sorry, I was, I was singing Bombs Over Bagdad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you reviewed Outcast Second Contact for us I love that games. Game. I know you do. That's why I want to actually ask you, why are you so excited for this? With THQ Nordic's track record of, Outcast too. of buying so many IPs and not doing anything with them, they're only, you know, they have 59 unannounced games currently being in development and it's so stupid. So dumb. Do they not just release Darksiders? Yeah, they did. You're welcome. They did. It was a, it was okay. It was an okay game. But uh, as we talked about the next one, I can't. I can't wait for four. But that is the second, right? Because we talked about MXRS ATV. That is the yeah. second original game that THQ Nordic has ever released. It takes a while, you know. They have all these things in development in the pipeline. You know, you really have to just you know let them do their thing. Do you don't think that's an issue that there's 59 games in development? That's the issue. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, they, they're getting all these IPs. Some of them, yeah, they're probably sitting on them, which I don't like. Just you know, sticking, get the royalties on all the, the residuals. A game like this, you know, you don't just buy Outcast for the hell of it. You're not getting crazy residuals of Outcast, okay? You don't just buy Carmageddon for the hell of it. I bet you they're working on some kind of Carmageddon, some kind of... Wait until they, wait until they own Bungie. It's going to be great. I'm going to put a note here on my personal notepad. Remind Frank in 2022 what's up with Outcast. All right, we'll follow that up later on like episode 300 of the Max Level Podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know how long it takes a game to be developed? Okay, so it's not going to happen in a year. All right. Outcast isn't Final Fantasy VII remake. 25 right. years. <laughs> Outcast is Outcast isn't that. So. All right. Maybe in 2024 you can give me. A, I told you so. Okay. Well, we'll see. So here's something interesting. While you guys were talking, I went on Google and I literally typed in, what is THQ Nordic doing in the search bar? Okay. It brought up a financial report that I thought was actually kind of interesting. Oh, cool. Perfect. The only graph that has a red dip on it is the six month timeline. Otherwise, they're year to date. They're up. They're one year. They're pretty consistent. And they're five years. They're over, I would say, Oh, gosh, their they're price per share they're, they're is billionaires. Like, they're billionaires. It's huge. So that begs the question, where do they go? What are they doing? They obviously are worth way more money now. But 
how are they going to sustain the growth? Are they going to start pumping out titles or what? And how are they and how are they worth so much money besides the owners being billionaires? That's just the only question because they're not doing anything. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either. But they're they're even up right now. They're up uh, 13 percent. Yeah, or just point point thirteen percent. I apologize, which is like nothing in Stockland. But the fact that there's a green up arrow on that is even more concerning. It's crazy. I don't get it. I don't understand I don't get it either. Just when THQ Nordic puts out Death Stranding, you'll be like, "Oh wow!" Mm-hmm. They're gonna buy Sony. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, uh, <laughs> the the THQ Nordic PlayStation Five. Yep. That's, I think that's the next step, actually. Like, 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 like all jokes aside. They're going to release their own console? Some kind of console. No. Or some, I'll, this I'll, isn't Soldier Boy. He's not putting <laughs> out the, the Wii U! <laughs> the, the, the bootleg freaking ROM <laughs> emulator that he got sued for. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, no, you, you don't, you, honestly, you don't think like maybe like their own kind of console thing or their own I, uh, I th- platform service? I think they would be making a huge mistake if they did that. A huge mistake. That requires a lot more money than you think. Huge they mistake. They, they do have it, but it would be a huge mistake. Let's do some release dates and adjustments, though. We have several things that were confirmed for this week. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online is going to be adding Zelda 2 and Blaster Master on January 16th. So that's this week. Uh, that is Wednesday. Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force will be launching for Nintendo Switch on January 17th, so Thursday. Song of Memories launches for PlayStation 4 on February 1st. Ali Ali Switch Dance launches for Nintendo Switch on February 14th, which is that like indie skateboarding type game. I don't know. There's Ali Ali 1, Ali Ali 2. Uh, are you upset about this? Dead or Alive 6 being delayed to March 1st? Why? Because it, it, it was coming out on the same day as Jump Force and like a fuck ton of other games. So the fact that they put it to March 1st means that it's now by itself and you can actually afford it. You're upset for a stupid reason. For I'm, I'm a super rich, successful, All handsome. Right. Sure, yeah. Uh, smart move by uh, by Koei Tecmo and uh, Team Ninja moving this to March 1st because now they got ri- uh, you know they got away from Jump Force, which is another highly, highly anticipated fighting game. So having those two both come out on the same day would have been death for one of them, and it probably would have been Dead or Alive 6. So smart to move it. Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn will be launching for Nintendo 3DS on March 8th. Yoshi's Crafted World launches for Nintendo Switch on March 29th. Tropico 6 has been delayed to March 29th. Final Fantasy X, 10 2 Remaster is coming to Xbox One and Nintendo Switch on April 16th. Yes! Yeah, dude, it's great. Uh, buy it on, buy it on the Switch. To. Buy it on the Switch. It's uh, happening. Another Switch purchase, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 23rd. And Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age is launching on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch on April 30th. A lot of confirmations this week. We had a lot of good things, but that's because all this news has been kind of like building up since, you know, the holiday season. These people decide things and, you know, they don't really announce anything during the Christmas and New Year's week. So this is the first full week we've been back. So it's kind of exciting that we're getting so much information. But as always, a lot of those games are several weeks and months away. I'm excited for Yoshi's Crafted World. I actually thought that was going to be a February game, so I'm surprised it's not. But I'm surprised it's actually March and literally the last day in March before their financial results come out. So that's going to move some consoles. Have you seen the game? It looks fantastic. I, why can't I ever see something nice? I, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he has nothing to do with Yoshi's Crafted World. But let's talk about what's releasing this week and the new releases for the week of January 14th. We'll be skipping over today, Monday, January 14th, and moving on tomorrow, Tuesday, January 15th. We have one game coming to PC, uh, a game that's been in early access for the longest time. My Time at Porsche. It's coming out to consoles in the spring. 
Uh, Sean, this is going to be a game you want to keep an eye on. Start a new life in the enchanting town of Portia. Restore your pa's neglected workshop to its former glory by fulfilling commissions, growing crops, raising animals, and befriending the quirky inhabitants of this charming post-apocalyptic land. Armed with your pa's old handbook and workbench, you must gather, mine, and craft your way to being crowned the number one workshop in Portia. Help the locals rebuild the town and uncover the secrets locked deep away beneath it. Be prepared, though. It won't be easy. The town of Portia is full of friendly new faces for you to meet, make friends, complete requests, exchange gifts, go on dates, and let romance blossom. Inspired by the magic of Studio Ghibli, my time at Portia whisks you away to a world of wonder that you won't forget. How will you spend your time at Portia? Under the Harvest Moon. <laughs> you know, this uh, game actually looks pretty good. This game looks fantastic. Uh, it's been I, I haven't actually played it in early access yet, but it's a, it's a game I've been kind of waiting for it to release. Uh, I think I'm probably going to pick it up on PC. I don't really think that uh, I will wait for the console version. I'll probably go ahead and cave and buy it now that it's coming out officially this week. Uh, but I will have it on the Switch eventually because Jessica really does want to play this game as well. And she wants it on the Switch. So and they did say it would be coming to the Switch in the spring. So Steam is reporting 92 percent of the user reviews in the last 30 days were positive on it. Yeah, nice. no, this game is this game is supposed to be really, really good. So uh, and, it, and it looks so charming, dude. It looks so charming. It looks really cool. Um, also coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, January 15th to PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One is Onimusha Warlords. Capcom's riveting samurai adventure returns. This version includes the original game's intense swordplay and dramatic revenge story, plus a host of enhancements. Improved controls allow players to move and fight with analog stick precision. The crisp, high-definition visual supports 16x9 widescreen, as well as the original 4x3 resolution display. A new soundtrack brings... That's what I'm excited for. A new soundtrack brings the feudal Japan setting to life. With an air of authenticity and intrigue, experience this enhanced version of the best-selling action-adventure classic. I want to pick this up. I think I, I, I mean, a great yeah, it is. It's a, it's a great franchise and I want to support it to hopefully get a brand new entry instead of just something that's like a remaster. So I really do. I really do think I'm going to pick this up. Um, I was a huge fan of the series back in the day. What system? Um, Probably PS4. Nice. I'll, pro I'll probably get it on PS4. Might as well. Yeah, I played I played on PS2. Yeah, me too. I'll probably get it on PS4. Uh, also coming tomorrow to PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One is The Walking Dead, the final season, episode three, known as Broken Toys, which is cool because this is now the first time that the, we're seeing this after Telltale Games kind of closed. I don't have a description for it, so I'm just kind of filling in here. So this is now Skybound Games, I think, is the one that actually said that they were going to help out finish the game. And, you know, they hired a bunch of people from Telltale to help finish the game. So now this is the first time that, you know, we're going to see the game after Telltale closed. Is this the last one or I think there's going to be one more. I think there's an episode four. I don't think they're doing a five thing anymore, but I think they're just going to do episode three and four. So I think there should still be one more. If we're lucky, there'll be two more. But I do know for sure there'll be at least one more. Uh, the last game coming tomorrow to PlayStation 4 is Vane. Set out on an epic story of transformation, where shifting between the perspectives of a bird and a child will be the key to unravel the land's mysteries and create a path forward through the barren landscape. As you do so, the remnants of the world react to your passage, evolving and building into something altogether different. We actually saw this... Was it during the Kind of Funny Game Showcase where we actually saw this? Yeah, this is where you, where you turn into like a crow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... You know, shout out to the team over there. They did send me a copy of the game. So I am working on this for review. Hopefully I have it up on Tuesday when it comes out. That's why the, the part of my goals for this week, because I do want to finish it to get the review up. This game is cool. So keep an eye out for the reviews. It's, it's really cool. What is this like a modern Echo the Dolphin or something? That's actually a pretty good, uh, 
Comparison. Yeah. It's actually a pretty All good right. comparison. Uh, we'll skip over Wednesday, January 16th. We'll move on to Thursday, January 17th. Frank, a game you're actually excited for. Uh, Y2K, a postmodern RPG coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4. Y2K, a postmodern RPG, is a surreal Japanese-style RPG set in the late 90s. After witnessing a woman vanish from an elevator with no plausible explanation, college graduate Alex gathers friendly misfits from the internet to investigate her disappearance. Alex's search for the truth leads him and his companions into a journey rife with mystery and danger. And who knows what lurks beyond the new millennium? You gonna get this, Frank? Absolutely. Cool. Uh, this is another game that I'm actually currently working on for review, so I'm hopefully have this review up as well. This oh, cool! Week. So we got you both talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you uh, as long as you pick it up, we can both kind of cross over on yeah, that. My gift card right here. <laughs> oh, so you, so you have to set aside for it. Nice. Yeah. Did you actually look at the new trailer? Dude, I did. This, this game looks like I want to say it's like Austin Powers mixed with like just the kind of way that they use the humor of it. So like. A, a 90 because you know Austin Power was released in the 90s and they they kind of had that humor to it so you have that mixed with a, a turn-based JRPG mixed with the whole retro wave and synth wave vibe that we're totally into uh, this game looks fantastic dude this game looks super cool so yeah hopefully we can both talk about this next week uh, and then we'll move on now to Friday January 18th we have two more games coming out the first one to PlayStation 4 and Xbox one it'll be hitting PC I do believe the first week of February it's coming to PC Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown Become an ace pilot and soar through photorealistic skies with full 360-degree movement. Down enemy aircraft and experience the thrill of engaging in realistic sorties. Sortie? What the hell is a sortie? It's like a, you know, a little exchange in the air. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Aerial combat has never looked or felt better. Project Aces aims to revolutionize the sky with this entry in the series, offering an experience so immersive it feels like you're piloting an actual aircraft. And I do believe it's in VR if you get it on PlayStation 4. Whether the environment, weather and the environment affect your aircraft and the HUD, adding a sense of extreme realism never felt before in a flight combat game. Epic dogfights await. This is something I definitely want to play. I just don't know if I'll get it this week. Just fly my plane right up to Hitler and just... I think it would be cool for you because you have PlayStation VR. So I think it would be kind of interesting for you, at least even just to rent this or something at a, if you can find a copy of it somewhere like a... Actually, you said you don't have any rental stores around you, so it'd be on. This is Redbox, still, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. So if Redbox gets it, it'd be cool to like rent it for just like a day or something and check it out and see what it's like in VR. Uh, the last game coming out this week to Nintendo Switch is Travis Strikes Again: No More Heroes. Several years after No More Heroes 2, this time the setting is a small town in the middle of nowhere in the American South. Badman shows up at the trailer Travis has been living in to extract exact revenge for the murder of his daughter, Bad Girl, and things go horribly wrong. As they battle it out, the two are sucked into the game world of the legendary game console, the Death Drive MK2. Developed by Dr. Juvenile, <laughs> stupid. The Death Drive MK2 has six games contained on death balls. It's said that collecting all six and then beating each game allows the player to have one wish granted. Travis and Badman team up to use the death balls to bring Bad Girl back to life. This is gold. I don't know what you're talking about. This is hilarious. I don't know how many times I can talk about beating death balls and not start laughing about it. Yeah. On Dude, I don't know, man. Uh, this is a game I definitely want to play. I'm a huge fan of No More Heroes 1 and 2. Obviously, this is not No More Heroes 3. This is like a side story being told before they work on No More Heroes 3. But uh, it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. I just think it's, it's such a crazy premise. Uh, pick of the week this week. What are you going to go with, Frank? What you got? Okay. John, do you have a pick of the week? 
Yeah, man, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do my time at Porsche. The game looks great. The only the only sad part is is there is zero multiplayer component, which would be really good in an environment like this. Just, so we'll just see. Just keep if in that mind, changes. Stardew Valley launched without multiplayer as well, and it has it now too. So. And we waited like two years for it. Yeah, so maybe in the future, my time at Porsche will add a multiplayer aspect because I think that'd be cool as well. Yeah. Um, my pick of the week this week is Vayne. That's an exciting game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Vayne. So that way we're all different. See, outside we're different, but inside same same. We're all the same. We're all the same on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk now. If you remember a couple months ago, Frank, we kind of dove into uh, Square Enix's internal development studios like their business development one two three four etc 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 where we talked about what each one is known for doing and what each one is currently working on i kind of want to do the same thing now with nintendo's first party studios but before we do that i want to talk about flavor text flavor text is a new concept of a show we're doing if you like our discussions that we do here on the max level podcast flavor text is a show every thursday at 11 a.m eastern exclusively on youtube it's discussion format just like we do here on the max level podcast so if you like what we do here after we do the new releases and we move on to our discussions if you like hearing us talk about random things usually gaming related but the cool thing about flavor text is that it doesn't always have to be about gaming if something exciting happens in like the world of entertainment like movies or music or professional wrestling or something like that we can actually expand on that in flavor text so last week we did cartoons based on video games like gaming cartoons that we used to watch when we were kids ones that would translate well now to to the modern era so go check that out but just keep an eye on our youtube channel that's youtube.com forward slash level on games if you're not currently subscribed to that make sure you go do that um that way you can always everything we do reaction videos flavor text the max level podcast preview videos we do reviews our list based videos, you'll know you won't miss any of that stuff. But if you like our discussions, just keep an eye on flavor text because we are doing that every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern. But I want to talk about Nintendo's first party studios because there are some interesting things currently in development and potentially some interesting things that are being rumored. So let's just go through this one by one and see what exactly they have and what potentially they could be working on. So Nintendo EPD production group number one is managed and produced by Hitoshi Yamagami. This is a studio that is released, and these are only current releases. Like, they're not going back to, like, the NES days, like what all these studios worked on. This is just the most recent things they released. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Kirby Star Allies, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was this studio. This is the team that's currently working on Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is still scheduled to come out sometime spring 2019. So that's probably all that they're currently working on. Uh, The first one I want to speculate on here is Nintendo EPD production group number two, led by Toshiharu Azuno. This is the team responsible for Mario Sports Superstar, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Mario Tennis Aces, Super Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This there's multiple teams worked on Ultimate, by the way, though, not just the studio or not just this team. Uh, Currently, we're not sure what they're working on. What do we think? You know what I think. Mario Golf. Mario Golf. Gotta be Mario Golf. I 1000% agree with you that they are working on Mario Golf. Or a new Mario Super Strikers, but I prefer golf. I think golf would have to come first. It's been so long since we've had a good golf game. I think golf would have to come first. Mario Golf Story. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a Mario Golf RPG. Yeah. Um, They actually predicted this in the uh, Nintendo Direct video that I did last week, part of the Max Level podcast, that I said that uh, I do think a new Mario Golf is in development. So, Sean, did you play the Mario Golf games at all? No. Wow. 
Those are some awesome games. The game, the Game Boy Color one is by and far the best golf game I've ever played. See, I think the GameCube version one is the best. Toadstool Tour, whatever it was called. I really like the GameCube version. Nintendo EPD production group number three is led by Ijenuma. And this is the team that is responsible for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Obviously, they are working on whatever's next for The Legend of Zelda. Whatever that case may be, whether it's whether it's Skyward Sword HD, Link's Awakening HD, Breath of the Wild 2, or all, all three. Link's of the Future. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they're working on is definitely Zelda-related, and I can't wait to see what that is. And we really should be finding out what that is this year. Plus, getting something Zelda-related this year, as we talked about in our What's Next for the Legend of Zelda segment a couple weeks ago on the Maximum Podcast, and that video's up on our YouTube channel. Um, Sean, what, what Zelda game do you want next, actually? I, I want to ask you this. What Zelda game do you want next? You know what? I really enjoy and miss the two world scheme. I know we got a tease of that with um, a link between worlds and then, you know, a link to the fast was pretty good. But another realm changing Zelda would be great. I think that we're missing that. I think you couple the open world aspect of Breath of the Wild with something of that dynamic and you might appeal to pretty much every fan of the franchise as a whole. I know Frank is super hard on that. He loves that stuff. Yeah. So you so you want to fight fight for the light world again. I would love that. I think that that is the definitive Zelda. I really do. The theme to the dark world. No, you know? no, no, Thank no, no, no. <laughs> fight, fight I for the light world. Myself, I appreciate <laughs> Nintendo EPD production group number four, uh, led by Koichi Kawamoto. This is the team responsible for Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, Nintendo Badge Arcade, Metopia, One Two Switch, and Nintendo Labo. I'm not sure what they're working on right now. Maybe some Labo accessories or Labo expansions, but I'm curious to know if they're working on something new. The, the most recent Labo expansion come out, the one that you make the vehicle. Yeah, that was like at, in like October or something like that. I think it was released. Was okay. Yeah, so this, is, this is their off the wall. Yeah, uh, this is their this is their weird studio that comes up with different did, things. Did you play the Nintendo Badge Arcade? No, it was a free. It was a free to play game on the 3DS where you earned like stickers to decorate your thing. And it's already sort of been closed down because you had to pay real money to get coins and Oh, okay. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank um, you. But they also did Metopia, which Jessica's a huge fan of. Metopia was a fun little JRPG they released. So, well, that's it. Yeah, it was fun. So, well, not, not Mitomo, Metopia. Oh, oh, it's all the same thing. You always do that. You always do that. No, no, Mitomo was it's the one on. My, on brain, my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. But I'm curious to know what this team is working on. Are they working on a new game or are they working on just Labo stuff? I have no idea. So, I'll have to wait and see. Uh, Nintendo EPD production group number five. Led by Hisashi Nogami. This is a team responsible for Splatoon, Animal Crossing New Leaf, and Splatoon 2. They are currently working on Animal Crossing for the Switch. Interesting. I did not know that. The Splatoon team is the same as the Animal Crossing team. Didn't know that. Makes sense. I I love them for it. but It makes total sense when you think about it. It makes total sense when you think about it because the Octolings are... I could see the Octolings in Animal Crossing. I could. Because they're animals. Okay. Well, not only that, but because the character designs really do match some of the Animal Crossing stuff. So, like, once I found that out, that those that team was the same, it totally made sense to me. Uh, Nintendo EPD progression, production group number six, led by Kensuke Tanabe, is the team responsible for Metroid Prime Federation Force, Paper Mario Color Splash, and WarioWare Gold. They are currently working on Metroid Prime 4 alongside Bandai Namco and Luigi's Mansion 3. So they're currently busy right now. They're not working on anything else besides those two games. No, no. No, definitely not. Those two massive games, uh, especially because both of them might be coming out this year. Their their hands are pretty tied right now. Uh, Nintendo EPD production group number seven, led by Katsuya Yamano, 
is responsible for Tomodachi Life, a Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, Mitomo, not Mitopia, Mitomo, the one that was on the hand, the one that was on the phones that you just talked about, and uh, Metroid Samus Returns. Unknown what they're currently working on, so I wonder what it could be. Huh, something mobile. Probably, maybe a mobile game, although they did put out Metroid Samus Returns, the remake of, you know, Metroid 2, yeah. which would be cool. I want a new Rhythm Heaven. I want to see a Rhythm Heaven on the Switch. That's what I'm hoping for. You played Rhythm Heaven, right? I have it. Oh, yeah. Those games are fantastic. And Tomodachi Life was actually really interesting for what it was. And that stage and you're right, dude, I, that's I really put a lot of time into that stage in Smash Brothers. What a cool freaking stage that is in Smash Brothers Ultimate, like traveling through the different apartments and stuff and fighting. Like, Isn't it great? It's it's <laughs> so interesting. I don't know, man. It's it's really, really cool. So I think I'd be OK with either one of those two, whether it's a new Rhythm Heaven or a new Tomodachi Life. I know Jessica would prefer a new Tomodachi Life. She put like over 300 some plus hours into Tomodachi Life. She loves that freaking game. Uh, Nintendo EPD production group number eight, led by Koichi Hayashida, is responsible for Ultimate NES Remix, Super Mario Odyssey, and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Assuming they're working on whatever Mario game is next, I'm assuming. The port. Whether it's the I, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think they. You mean the the one that just came out? It's already released. The is one, on, already yeah, the, the new Super Mario Bros. U. Yeah, it came out last Friday. Uh, I didn't pick it up. I think I probably will eventually, but yeah, I didn't pick it up yet. But I, I'm assuming that they're working on whatever Mario game is next. What I would love would be an Ultimate SNES Remix. That would be sick. The ultimate, ultimate NES Remix was awesome. It was cool. It was super cool. I think uh, Ultimate SNES Remix would be awesome. Did you play those, Sean? No, but that brings up a great point. Do you think that they could just be a contributor to taking Netflix to the next level? Because they could be. They could be. That's kind of a competing component. And I think it would be better to make Netflix more appealing to those people who want those retro throwbacks. I agree. That way you get more subs. That's a good hooker, uh, you know, a hook, line and sinker to get someone in there. And yeah, they're great. (laughs) 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 Used to drive by them all the time in Vegas. It's it's great. Um, You know what? Honestly, I feel like they need to switch one of these studio uh, teams to making the online component more accessible. And that's a great team to do it. Yeah, that would be that would be the team to do it right there. Uh, as long as it doesn't sacrifice any new Mario games at the same time, though. True. Although we'll get to it here in a second. But production group number 10 also works with the Mario franchise. So maybe maybe uh, that that could be the team that that helps out with the new Mario game. I don't know. Uh, Nintendo EPD production group number nine, led by Kosuki Yabuki, is the team responsible for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Arms. Wondering if maybe they're on Mario Kart 9. I have no idea. Maybe would be cool if it was. I want Mario F-Zero. Kart 9. Ooh, maybe. Maybe they're working on F-Zero. That'd be sick as well. I think I'd be down with that. We could chill on Mario Kart for a little while. Get another kart racer out there. Crash Team Racing coming later this year? Is that what you meant? Uh, that's not going to be made by Ma- Nintendo's not making that. No, but oh, I, well, F-Zero's not a kart racer either, though. Well, it's close enough. Maybe they're working on a new wave race. Oh, yeah. be still my heart. Yeah. Nintendo EPD production group number 10, led by Hiroyuki Kimura. As the other one that also works with the Mario franchise, they're known more recently for Pikmin 3, Super Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker for Nintendo 3DS, Super Mario Run, and Frank, there you go, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, the one that just came out last week. Maybe they're working on the new Mario game. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Who knows? Or, and they're probably not working on Pikmin 4 because according to Miyamoto, that game's already done. So <laughs> That game's been done for like 12 years now. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Uh, and then Nintendo EPD Smart Device Production Group is their mobile team. This is the team that did Fire Emblem Heroes and Dragalia Lost. I have to assume they're working on the the next mobile game, whatever that is. Maybe maybe because I know there's a Mario Kart coming to mobile devices this year. Maybe yeah. they're, maybe they're working on that. But 
Um, we're not sure. Then we have Monolith Soft, who is obviously known for Xenoblade Chronicles X, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, I'm assuming they're working on the next Xenoblade game, whatever that is. That's like the only thing that Chronicles they do. X too. I think Chronicles X2 is going to be next. Yeah. Before Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I think they'll do a sequel to X. So I think X2 will be next. Uh, ND Cube is the team responsible for Mario Party, the top 100 and Super Mario Party. Maybe they're I, I think they, all they do is Mario Party. They're clearly on the next Mario Party game. I don't know if that's all they do, though. That's probably all they're going to be doing. Uh, How Laboratory responsible for Kirby Planet Robobot and Kirby Star Allies. That team has only done Kirby. So I'm assuming they're working on a new Kirby game. Uh, they, were, were they part of uh, doing Smash Brothers in the old days? I think they used to be part of that, but uh, I don't think they helped yeah, out. Kirby. Yeah, the Kirby. guarantee is going to be a new Kirby. Uh, I just hope it's a little bit better than Star Allies, which I did enjoy, but I think Star Allies could have been better. Intelligent Systems is the Fire Emblem team. So Fire Emblem Fates, Fire Emblem Heroes, and they also helped out with WarioWare Gold. They're working with um, NPD Production Group number one on Fire Emblem Three Houses. So that game's going to be massive. If, if it has two dedicated teams to it, that game's going to be massive. So and then we have Retro, the big unknown, really uh, known for Metroid Prime Trilogy, Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Returns Tropical Freeze. We know they're working on a new IP. There's rumors that it's Star Fox Grand Prix, the, the Star Fox racing game. I want to know what this team is working on. You don't think it's going to be something like another compilation? I hope it's not a compilation. I really hope it's not another Donkey Kong game. I'd be okay, honestly, if it was another Donkey Kong game. They make great Donkey Kong games, and I'd play it, and I'd love it. I want to see something different from them, man. I do. We know they're not working on Metroid Prime 4, which is crazy, because they you know, they did such a good job with 1, 2, and 3. I really do want to see that Star Fox Grand Prix game that we were talking about last year during the E3 season. I think that would be really exciting to eventually see, but I don't know. We'll have to see what they're doing. Uh, Nintendo Software Technology Corporation is known for Metroid Prime Hunters, Mini Mario and Friends, Amiibo Challenge, Super Mario Maker for 3DS, and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for 3DS. Not sure what they're working on. No idea. Seems like they're a smaller team, so I don't know. We'll have to see. And then we have Next Level Games, which is known for Super Mario Strikers, Punch-Out, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, and Metroid Prime Hunters Federation Force. They're also helping out with Luigi's Mansion 3. I would love to hear they were working on like a new Punch-Out, though. That'd be great. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Next Level Games is a, is a is really talented. I'm glad that they are actually, you know, on board with Nintendo now as part of like a, you know, like a first party type of a studio. They're they're really talented. So I'm glad that they're kind of helping out with um, Luigi's Mansion 3. But I, I, I am curious what they'll do next. And then we have Gretzo which is the one that kind of works on all like the, the the remakes and stuff for Nintendo. So they did uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D, Majora's Mask 3D, Ever Oasis, Luigi's Mansion for the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, I think that they're working on either Skyward Sword HD or Link's Awakening HD, whichever one it's going to be. I think they're working on the next port of a Zelda game to the Switch, which will be the Zelda game we see in 2019. That's what I think. I'm down with that. Yeah, me too. So... Kind of just, I don't know, just a little quick thing to do here before we get to the really fun thing we're about to do here for the uh, for the episode this week, um, because obviously all three of us here on the show this week are huge fans of Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch. So it's only going to be exciting times because we really know we don't know much on the Switch right now. There's only a handful of games we know about that are actually confirmed. We're about to find a ton of stuff out, and I'm really hoping that the Nintendo Direct happens soon. Uh, maybe it's even this week. Who knows? Maybe it'll be this week. Maybe it'll be on uh, Thursday the 17th. Maybe they usually have one every yeah, January. Sure. 
And January 10th came and went. And that was the date that everyone thought it was going to be, which is why I put the video out. You know, I, I did the predictions last week on the show yeah, without you. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get it on there in case it was in Thursday and it didn't happen. So it's got to be sometime soon. So we'll probably find out some stuff coming out in the spring. Obviously, at E3, we'll find out some stuff for the fall. But uh, it's a good time to be a Nintendo fan, as we can see with how well the sales are doing. But that's going to bring us to something I've been dying to do ever since we did it last year. And that's our 2019 gaming predictions. Now, Sean, you are not making any predictions because you are not a regular on the show. Wow. Well, he uh, that would be unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> why, why would he why? Why should he compete in something that, you know, it's unfair to him. But I want to give him a special task for this 2019 prediction segment here. Ooh. If you feel like. Our predictions are not strong enough, you can let us know. Because the way, right. this, the way this is supposed to go here is that Frank and I came prepared with 10 predictions each, and they have to be off the wall, going out on a limb. Like, they have to be really, really detailed and strong. If you don't feel like they're detailed enough and you want us to add more to them, you have to let us know. We have to add more to it right there on the spot without thinking. So I ring the shame bell. Pretty basically. much, yes, yes. Yeah. If, you, okay. if you don't okay. think the predictions are strong enough, you have to let us know because these are supposed to be tough decisions or predictions that probably aren't going to come true. But it would be crazy if they did. All right. So we're, we're trying to peer into our crystal balls here to see not our death balls, but our crystal balls to see mm-hmm. exactly what is going to happen I in 2019. Six death balls. But before we get to 2019, <laughs> why don't we recap 2018, Frank? Why don't we recap 2018 here? How about we, how about we just skip it? No, I want to recap 2018 and see how we did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's prediction number one was that the Nintendo Switch continues to sell like a beast and will easily surpass the Wii U, which is at 13.56 million worldwide. But that's kind of lame. So for this prediction, I'm also saying that the Switch will surpass the Nintendo GameCube, which is sitting at 21.74 million by the end of 2018. To do that, the Switch would have to sell roughly 11 million between January 1st and December 31st. It sold almost double that. Uh, so that was confirmed. One point for me. Frank, you actually said that you didn't have a chance in hell to do that. So good job that good job there. Uh, Frank, your first prediction was that Days Gone would be delayed to 2019. Confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, my second prediction was that much to the much to the dismay of fans worldwide, especially me, Shenmue 3 will not release in 2018, delayed to 2019. Also confirmed. Uh, Frank, your second prediction was that Sea of Thieves is going to flop and it will flop hard. Actually, <laughs> actually false. It did well. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. And we talked about this before because I kind of went over it I with you. I don't agree. It has six million players. That is not a flop. You're telling me more people play Sea of Thieves than play World of Warcraft. Yeah. But I told you what we unaccounted for to why it wasn't a flop. And that's Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, it, was, it was not a flop because of Xbox Game Pass where you could pay $10 a month and play Sea of I'll Thieves. I'll take half a point. Yeah, I'll give you a half. I mean, let me adjust the score. There you go. There's a half for you. Doesn't matter, though, because you still lost. My third prediction was that while it may not be shown before the game releases and for this prediction, I'm still saying it releases in 2018. I really feel like Kingdom Hearts 3 will include Star Wars material, if not an entire world dedicated to it within the game. Unconfirmed at this time. There's no way to confirm that because the game was delayed to 2019. So we can't confirm that. Minus one point. No, there's no minus. It just doesn't count. Just like just like your third prediction doesn't count. Kingdom Hearts 3 will have a Marvel world included in the game. Unconfirmed at this time. No, it's, it's a fact. No, it's not. I'll take two points. 
my fourth <laughs> my fourth prediction was that with Fortnite Battle Royale doing pretty well and Player Unknown's Battleground still dominating, expect to see additional clones and knockoff Battle Royale titles throughout 2018. So much so that by the end of the year, gamers will be complaining of too many Battle Royale games, which at the same time will affect Fortnite and PUBG so much that their numbers start to decline rapidly, especially PUBG. False. Didn't happen. Although um, there were a lot of clones and knockoffs, but because I went so detailed, um, PUBG and Fortnite didn't really suffer. So false. Uh, Frank, your number four was that Metal Gear Survival end up including a battle royale mode by release date. False. It still doesn't as a present time. And I don't know that anyone that still plays that game. Um, my number five was that AAA indie games will continue to be a thing after the success of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice in 2017 by Ninja Theory. I expect a few additional announcements in 2018 that qualify as AAA indie, but not necessarily by Ninja Theory themselves. False. Didn't happen. Uh, Frank, your number five was that Lego Star Wars The Last Jedi will be announced sometime soon. False. Didn't happen. Crazy didn't. I know. <laughs> uh, my number six was that Xseed Games manages to pull off a miracle. Not only do they release Trails of Cold Steel 2 for PC sometime in spring, but they also released Trails of Cold Steel 3 for PlayStation 4 and PC in November 2018. Uh, half true, half false. They did release Trails of Cold Steel 2 for PC in the spring, but they did not release Trails of Cold Steel 3. So uh, we did say last year that half points would count. Yeah, so that is a half point on that one. Uh, just like half points are going to count this year. Uh, Frank, your number six was that Rare will go up for sale. Nintendo will buy them back by the end of 2018. False didn't happen. Oh, yeah, you go off the wall on these things. Uh, my number seven was that World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth will release on September 18th, 2018. will be massively successful, bringing back the conflict between the Alliance and the Horde. Subscription numbers will rise to above 10 million for the first several months before dropping back off and remaining steady at around five to six million throughout the life cycle of the expansion. We'll see a tease of patch 8.2 at BlizzCon, which will introduce the next raid for the expansion. Uh, false, that did not happen. The expansion has struggled since launch. I was 34 days off from the release date as it released on August 13th and 14th. Interesting to note that when I did this prediction, I said that patch 8.1 would release on December 11th and it did. So at least I got that right, but didn't count. Uh, Frank, your number seven was that World of Warcraft Classic will be free to play like Starcraft. False. You do need a World of Warcraft subscription to play the game. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> uh, my number eight was that Telltale Games has a decent 2018 lined up. So far, we know about The Wolf Among Us 2 and the final season of The Walking Dead being in production, but I don't think that's it for them in 2018. Not only will we see a season three of Telltale's Batman, since they seem to be able to make these episodes quickly, but we'll also get an unexpected announcement out of them sometime before the end of 2018, that being Telltale's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. False? Company shut down. Uh, <laughs> Frank, your number eight was that Animal Crossing on Nintendo Switch will be announced and released before E3 2018 on May 11th. Didn't happen. Wasn't even announced for E3. Uh, my number nine was that Mega Man 11, after many people thinking it's actually going to be a failure, ends up releasing on time in 2018 and is surprisingly good, which was confirmed. That game was fantastic. Mega Man 11 was great. Uh, Frank, your number nine was that Nintendo will announce and release the Game Boy Classic in 2018 and will and it will sell more than the NES Classic did. Feel a little upset that hasn't happened. Yep. Yep. Didn't happen. Uh, my number 10 was that since they like to skip major gaming conventions, having them listed here makes sense. Rockstar Games will release Red Dead Redemption 2 most likely in May 2018. That much is known. What isn't known is what they plan on doing next after RDR 2. I can tell you one thing. While Grand Theft Auto 6 is surely in the initial stages of development, it will not be revealed in 2018. Instead, Rockstar Games will officially announce and reveal the next entry in the Bully franchise that will most likely launch fall 2019. False. Didn't happen. And then Frank, your number 10 was that Red Dead Redemption 2 will be game of the year for 2018. False. God of War was both the official from the Game Awards and the Limit on Games Award for 2018 for Game of the Year. So God of War ended up beating out Red Dead Redemption 2. Never happier to be wrong on that one. I know, I know. Uh, Frank, you had an official number 11 because you had one left over. You said Nintendo will win E3. False, Microsoft did. And then... Um, it does 
Nope. And then I had two unofficials left over. I said Nihon Falcom will release Trails of Cold Steel 4 in Japan and then subsequently really uh, announced Ease 9 that will release in Japan in 2019. That actually was confirmed, but it didn't count for a point because it was an unofficial pick. And then my unofficial number 12 was that Code Vein will end up being one of Bandai Namco's most successful titles in 2018. False. It got delayed to 2019. So our official score for the 2018 predictions, I had 3.5 points and you had 1.5 points. So I beat you by two. Well, I, don't worry. I'll do better this year. Nope. So I'm going to beat you again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead now and move into our 2019 predictions. And just like we did with the uh, Thunderdome recently, where we flipped a coin, we're going to flip a coin again. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. And can you see it? Yep. Go ahead. And as soon as you see it spinning, call it. OK. That's. It's tails. Okay. That means that, that means we get to choose. Do you, you want to go first or second? That's what I was going to say. I get to choose if I want to go first or second, and I am going to defer to you. I'm going to allow you to go first. Okay. Death Stranding will be released in the last quarter of 2019, and I'm willing to venture a guess on the date. Okay. Okay. That's going to be a half point situation. If I might as well pull that one off. Yeah. Uh, or a guess, no point situation when it gets to when it doesn't come out this year. My, my, my guess: October 15th, 2019. It's a Tuesday. I looked it up. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll allow you to take that. Yeah, because there's no way you were taking that. <laughs> no, no, because I don't think the game's coming out before 2021, possibly. Um, unless they do like a a prologue. I'm trying to think if they release a prologue, if I would give you the point for that. Maybe. Hold the stranding. I'm taking it. Maybe. How about that? Maybe. Sean, you OK with that? I really wanted to ring the shame bell on that, but I think it's pretty good. I don't see it happening either, but hey, you know, that's fine. If the date wasn't in the prediction, I would have said that's too vague. But because yeah. you put the because you put the actual date in there, I'll give it to you. Um, all right. I'm going to go ahead and talk about Nintendo Switch sales numbers once again for my first prediction, because I really like kind of predicting what I think the switch is going to pass up each year. So obviously, you know, we know they're currently somewhere between 25 and 30 million units sold as of recording time. Not only will the Nintendo Switch surpass the Atari 2600, which it probably already did. The Atari 2600 is at 30 million units sold. It might already be past that. Not only will it surpass the Sega Genesis at 30.75 million units sold. That's not much more than the Atari 2600 and the Nintendo 64 at 32.93 million units sold. But by the end of 2019, the Nintendo Switch will surpass the Xbox One which is currently sitting at 39.1 million units sold. Now, I know you're probably thinking that's not that strong, but keep in mind that this means the Nintendo Switch would consistently need to sell a more than double the Xbox One numbers, which is still in production and still being sold on a monthly basis through from January 1st to December 31st to surpass the Xbox One because it is currently roughly 10 million units behind which would mean the Switch would need to sell about 25 million units in 2019. So I think by the end of 2019, the Switch will be above the Xbox One, which means that it will sell double the Xbox One every single month. I'll give you that, but it sounds like a really complicated math problem that you ran into in like 11th grade. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how, how fast does a car have to drive to beat the train to go 50 <laughs> miles kind of thing? Sure, but it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, as an insurance guy, please don't try to fight the train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what's your number two? All right. This one's like a little combination kind of deal again. Okay. Crackdown 3 is going to be surprisingly good. It will be a better game than Anthem, which I suspect will flop hard, thus ending Bioware as we know it. Okay. So your number two is that Crackdown 3 has to be good and do well. 
plus Anthem has to be bad and Bioware has to be done after that. I put three things in there. Okay. What's the criteria for good and bad? Critically acclaimed. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. I like that. (sighs) My number two. By the end of 2019, we will definitely see the announcements of the Xbox Scarlet, PlayStation 5, and the revision of the Nintendo Switch. Both the Xbox Scarlet and PlayStation 5, when announced, will talk heavily about cloud-based streaming game services and different subscription-based models. So whether that so for Xbox, what that means is that they're going to announce obviously the Xbox base unit and the Xbox discless version, which might have a subscription attached to it to where you can get it for much cheaper. But they're also going to tout Xbox Game Pass. Sony at the same time will announce their version of Xbox Game Pass for the PlayStation 5, which will behave very similar to the way it works on Microsoft side of things. So now Sony has their own subscription based service to play new games of the day that they launch, just like Xbox Game Pass. But Nintendo, when they announce the Nintendo Switch revision in 2019, which has been heavily rumored, like the HD version or the not the HD, but like the Switch Pro or the Switch 2, whatever the fuck they're going to call it. At the same day that comes out, Super Nintendo games will be added to the Nintendo online service in 2019. Wow. Um, All of, everything in that prediction has to come true for me to get the point. And you know what? M- mine was very short and sweet and to the point on this one. Uh, no new console announcements from either Sony or Microsoft in 2019. Okay. I'm saying that absolutely 100% doesn't happen. I'm going to give you that because there's because there's so many rumors that they're going to be announced. I'm going to allow you to take that one just because uh, obviously that's why I expanded so heavily on mine, because there are so many rumors that they're going to be announced this year. Uh, if we don't see and you already basically lost that point because but Phil Spencer already said they're debuting the Xbox Scarlet at E3 2019. So you're saying something happens and they, they don't say a lot of things. OK, I'm saying we I'm saying we don't see anything from either of them. OK. I still think Nintendo. I still think Nintendo's gonna have something, and I have those when I picks later on. Okay. But uh, I don't. Sony and Microsoft, nay nay. Okay. That's that's bold. All right. Speaking of bold, my number three. Microsoft is going to up the ante on their studio purchasing that we witnessed last year, in 2019. Not only will they grab a couple more studios, and I don't know which ones. I'm not talking about that. In 2019. They will make a major acquisition of a gaming company and totally change the landscape of things. This is so not going to happen. No, this is so not going to happen with how widely detested the Windows Store is. Microsoft will formally reach an agreement to purchase Valve, thus taking over the Steam Store and integrating it directly into the Xbox Scarlet. Developers will have a choice when putting their games on Steam, if they will only appear on the PC version of Steam or if they will work simultaneously on the Xbox Scarlet version of Steam. This will assist companies like Sony and other studios who release console exclusive games on PC through Steam. Wow. You're a madman. <laughs> you are a mad lad, bro. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but hey, it's good for it's good for radio. It's good for this, yeah. Let me go out there. Okay. Here we go. My boy. My boys. My bay. My spirit animal. THQ Nordic. Jesus. Is going to purchase the rights to a major, major game. Something that's gonna make everyone give a clutch of oh my god, I can't believe this happened. And I'm willing to venture on what that is. I was going to say, give, give me a guess. Give me give me a couple guesses. I'm saying Turok. The Dinosaur Hunter? Yes. All right. Okay, so THQ Nordic has to buy Turok in 2019 for you to get credit for this. They may pick up a lot of old acclaim assets, but I'm feeling Turok would be the most one. But I'm willing to say they pick up some major, major things. But uh, I will I will hedge my bet on Turok. Okay. 
Okay. That's right. I'm being that specific. All right. I'll give it to you. Turok. My number four. Metroid Prime 4 is going to heavily feature an additional playable character besides Samus that will evenly share screen time, much like Raiden and Snake from Metal Gear Solid 2. Raiden. Not only that, but it does not release in 2019. Solid enough. I, I, I think the 2019 really adds some validity to that. Okay. Let's do something that just really breaks my heart. Uh, cyberpunk. If you, if, you say, if you say it's not coming out in 2019, I'm not giving you credit for that. Oh, come on, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> Although that's part of it. Uh, cyberpunk is scheduled tentatively for June of 2019. I'm saying that it gets pushed to February of 20. Um, it's definitively, I'm going to say February 2020, Cyberpunk is coming out. You know, we can't give you points for that at all unless they officially what? announce a release date before the end of 2018 or 2019 for February 2020. They have, why not? They, 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 they already, they're on contract that they have to have the game out by uh, June 2019. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, that's F- facts. That's unconfirmed rumors because it's all it's all it's not, it's not a rumor. It's all due to the grant that they have to make this game. CD Pro- CD Project Red has said that that game is years away as of last year. I do not believe you. <laughs> OK, <laughs> but what I'm saying is for you to get credit for this pick. They would have to physically announce a release date of February 2020 by the end of 2019. Yes. OK. So Double Tap is reporting two days ago that there's no official release date, although it's scheduled for the end of 2019 or even early 2020. Mm-hmm. And there's no estimate right now from Project Red. So, yeah. So for Frank to get credit for this prediction, which I think is instantly negating him a point here, is that the, the company has to announce a February 2020 release date by the end of 2019. I'll give it to you. I just you're just not going to get a point on that one. <laughs> You know what? When I get that point, I'm taking two points. Sure. Yep. We'll see. Uh, All right. Here we go. My number five. Due to how poorly the IP has been managed since the exclusive agreement has been made, it will be announced that Star Wars games are no longer exclusive to EA and that anyone with a solid idea for a gaming entry in the Star Wars universe can make a pitch to Lucasfilm to see if the request is granted. Does Lucasfilm own the rights to publish their own games? Lucasfilm owns the Star Wars IP. Yeah, they, 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 they do. Yep. And they, okay. they're, they're the one that struck the agreement with EA saying that EA could exclusively make Star Wars games. But I'm saying due to how poorly the IP has been managed with Battlefront and Battlefront 2 and then, you know, the uh, visceral games is being shut down. They were working on a fantastic Star Wars games and now it's going into like a multiplayer games for service thing with microtransactions. And, you know, Respawn has Respawn is the only studio that is currently working on something worth being excited for with the uh, fallen Jedi. Uh, I, I think that they are going to pull back the Star Wars IP from EA. So, you know, you no longer have the exclusive rights to it. You can still make games for it. You just have to pitch us. But I think that any studio can now pitch an IP for a Star Wars game to Lucasfilm by the end of 2019. I'm going to give you my stone cold lock pick of the year. Ready for this one? Year number six. Here we go. Harry Potter mobile game by Niantic is going to be the number one game in the United in the world, it's gonna be the number one mobile game across all collective app stores, and it'll, it's gonna release sometime this year. And it's going to be the number one top game of all time on mobile device. Is that like the Wizarding, whatever the hell it's called, like the Wizarding yes, World it's or something? Pokemon Go with Wizards. Yeah, Wizards Unite, something yes. like that. Yeah, that's what it's okay. called. Yeah, 
Okay. That's so solid ha- enough. So it has to, by the end of 2019, it has to be the number one. The number app. one game. Uh, number one it'll, game. It'll, 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 not you know app, what, but game. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up the ante on my own pick here. Okay. I'm not saying you have to. I'm going to. It's going to uh, on the on the Google Play Store. I know they do. I don't know how um, iTunes does it, but when they do the year end awards, it'll be game. It'll be game of the year. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. I threw it out there, so I, I might get Mo- half a point. Mobile uh, game of the I, year or game of the year? You know, when they do game of the year, they always mean the game from the actual store, like the mobile game of the year for from their own full thing. Not okay. game. This, this game is not winning game of the year. I was going to say, okay? is, it, is it winning game of the year at the Game Awards 2019? <laughs> no, 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 Okay. My number six. With the PlayStation 5 looming over our shoulders the entire year, two major games from Sony will miss being released in 2019. The first one is the obvious choice in Death Stranding, but the second one is the widely anticipated Last of Us Part 2. Does not release in 2019. What is your number seven? Despite what my boy, my Brentwood alum himself, Mr. Reggie Fizeme said, I think he's a goddamn liar. And the N64 Mini will be out by Christmas, possibly early fall, pre-orders, late summer. Okay. I want it. I really want that to happen. I really, really, really want that to happen. I just, uh, they obviously he said that there's no current plans for it because of what's going on with like the Nintendo online service and how they're adding mm-hmm. things to that. So uh, we'll have to see. My number seven is that Activision will announce that the Battle Royale mode found in Call of Duty Black Ops 4 will be releasing as a standalone product and it'll be free to play. Really? Yep. When? This year. That's actually not a bad idea. 2019. It's a 2019 prediction. <laughs> okay. I try to get the shame bell to make you pick a ticket date. Okay. No, I, I can't. I, 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 I mean... The fact that I think they're willing to strip a mode that sells the game for $60 out of the game and release it as free to play is, you know, enough to not need a date. But, um, yeah, it'll be this year, 2019. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that blackout mode or whatever is supposed to be like the greatest thing that Call of Duty's done in a long time. So but I think they're going to take that out of there, strip it out, release it as a standalone product free to play and sell the shit out of microtransactions to make money. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm going to piggyback on one of your older predictions. Not, not, not too old, only a little while ago. Okay. Um, the, the switch revision, the, the new switch, if you yeah. will, the switch, I called it the switch XL just cause that's probably the most reasonable name for it. Okay. Um, I'm saying that it is going to be packed with more memory, Bluetooth and a built-in microphone, uh, to accommodate any kind of online play and wireless controls. Because as you know, with the switch, there's only one USB port and it kind of sucks to plug things into it. Okay, so it has to have Bluetooth, more memory, Bluetooth, and a microphone. And a microphone. Okay. Uh, I'm half kicking around the idea of a camera, but I just don't know. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. Camera. Camera also as well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bold. Bold. Okay. So hey, these are, bold, these are these are these are our bold predictions. I have to freaking go out there. Of course, yeah. Here's a quick question to that. How would that affect current Switch players? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, that's that's a hard pill to swallow if you bought a Switch. I that's because it, with the, with the camera, I actually thought about that as I was saying it was they're probably going to sell a standalone camera as well. Yeah, I mean, because that was something that we had on the Wii U. We don't have now. Right. I think I think the same way that you know PlayStation Four owners felt when they released the PS4 Pro, or the Xbox One owners felt when they released the Xbox One X, like. It's just an enhanced version that uh, that 
if you want the extra power, if you want the extra stuff to it, you can get it. But if not, the Switch game still run on the old Switch. So you, just, you don't need it. Just nice to have. Solid prediction. Yeah, I like it. My number eight is that after a piss poor year with Fallout 76 and then prematurely announcing Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6 being in development, Bethesda will continue to struggle throughout 2019 as Fallout 76 becomes free to play in hopes of luring in more people. And the only things they show at E3 2019 are expansion content for Fallout 76, which does not excite people, plus more Doom Eternal and Wolfenstein Youngblood content. We will not see Starfield until E3 2020. Starfield does not show up at all throughout 2019 and Fallout 76 continues to be a disappointment and Bethesda really struggles throughout the year so much so that people are questioning whether and they already are. But are they going to continue supporting Bethesda games in the future? I will. Of course you will. But a lot of people don't want to because of the crap that happened. But yes, so Fallout 76 has to stay bad throughout 2019. They have to go go free to play. Will we hear anything about Elder Scrolls 6? No. Nope. Nope, has no. to has to go free to play. Oh, so I'll, I'll look into that as well. So Fallout 76 has to go free to play. Uh, they have to show expansion content at E3 2019 alongside Doom Eternal and Wolfenstein Youngblood. And we will not officially see Starfield. And I'll give it to you. Elder Scrolls 6 in 2019. My weakest pick for the whole 10 here. OK. We're going to see a new entry into Fable revealed on or around E3. And I'm going to give myself a plus or minus of a month and a half. OK. So, so, so a new Fable game has to be announced and shown in 2019 uh, around uh, E3. Of course, and uh, Microsoft exclusive, of course. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give it to all PC. It, is, it will come to PC. It, it, it's Microsoft has PC too, so it's, you know. I'll give it to you and I will then piggyback with this prediction, which I wasn't sure if I would put in there because I didn't feel it was insanely strong, but I'll let you take that because of this one here. Capcom will officially announce a definitive edition for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite that looks to improve several gameplay features, but will also include many, if not all, of the missing Fox characters. And Frank would buy it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you take your number nine because of my number nine. This one's so off the wall that it could just actually happen. This is your last one. So uh, for my final pick, the new Legend of Zelda game will be announced possibly as early as the March Direct. And I, when I say the new Legend of Zelda game, I mean a new entry into the Zelda um, Okay, so it can't, it can't be an HD no, or Skyward a remaster. Sword. No, no, no. This, this, do I think the games that have come out in 2019? Absolutely not. I'm not stupid. I'm not crazy. Um, but we're going to see something. Will it be maybe a title flash or uh, a logo? Something like that. But we're, they're going to announce the new Zelda game in production one way or the other. Okay. It has to be uh, the new saying, entry, though. And I'm saying as early as the March Direct, no later than E3. Okay. They're not going to save this for the end of the year. So if it doesn't happen by E3, you automatically don't get the point. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put E3 as my best date on that one. Okay. Actually, no, I, I, Paris Games Week. That's that's what a month after September. So two months September. after. I'll take up to September. I'll take up to Paris Games Week. If it doesn't by then, uh, it's not gonna be the, the the last quarter of the year kind of deal. And it won't be at the Game Awards. No. Okay. By September. Although that would be a great place to do it. I'm, it would. I'm, I'm gonna give myself. I'm, I'm giving myself. No, I'm giving myself a best date there. Okay. So by September. To make it fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number ten is that Insomniac Games and Sony will announce an expansion to Marvel Spider-Man that will be released this fall and will act as a standalone game experience. Much like Nintendo did with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torn of the Golden Country, it will be $10 cheaper if you buy the game through PSN instead of physically. So if you buy the game digitally, it's $10 cheaper. If you buy the game physically because it does work as standalone, it's $40. If you buy it on PSN, it's $30. Something like that. So, but a new expansion that acts as a standalone game to Marvel Spider-Man. 
as my number 10. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I'll buy it right now if you tell me about it. <laughs> Do you have any unofficials or was that it? Uh, my unofficial, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk, I say that Shenmue 3 is the Fallout 76 of this uh, year. Okay. All right. Uh, I actually didn't have to move any of mine around. I have uh, five unofficial picks because I picked 15 things so that way we wouldn't cross over anything. So I didn't have to pick any of my, I didn't have to delete anything. Uh, I have five unofficial picks here. So my number 11 was that with the recent news of Bungie breaking free from Activision and keeping the rights to Destiny at some point this year, Blizzard and Activision are going to announce that they have decided to formally split the company and no longer be under one corporate umbrella. An uh, unofficial number 12 was that Anthem ends up being a smash hit for Bioware and EA, kind of like the opposite oh, of what go. you said, okay. being received well critically and from fans alike. Faith has been restored in Bioware as they shift focus to the recently revealed new Dragon Age game for next generation platforms. My unofficial number 13 was that Diablo 4 is officially revealed at BlizzCon 2019 in order to increase spirits as Diablo Immortal also releases around the time of BlizzCon on mobile devices. Unofficial number 14 is that Xseed Games loses out the publishing rights to the Legendary Heroes slash Trails of Cold Steel series to another localization company, NAS America. NAS America also wins the bid to localize Ease 9 in North America and Europe. So Xseed pretty much loses their contract with Falcom. And my unofficial number 15 is that, much like you just said, uh, but the total opposite, Shenmue 3 ends up doing insane in terms of sales and reception okay. and is in contention for winning the official game of the year at the Game Awards 2019. And I hope you're right. I do. I just I want that I pick something just off the wall. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. no, that was my that was my unofficial number 15. But I'm glad I didn't have to use any of my unofficial because I liked my official picks much better. Um, but yeah, that's our uh, that's our 2019 gaming predictions. What do you think, Sean? Solid. OK, I'm I'm questioning the uh, Shenmue just because not a lot of people really know about it if they're not. Fans. familiar with the franchise yeah. <laughs> from, from back in the day. So it's it's kind of hard to see, but it'll be fun to see if you guys, since you're so polar opposite. I, I just fe- I just feel that like if for what we've seen them so far, I know these the, the art isn't final, but it still looks like it's a friggin PS2 game. I, I don't but it, think but it has hard. to be. But it has to be compared to the Fallout 76 of 2018 is, is what uh, Frank said. I, is number I, 10. I, I, I just I just think that it's going <laughs> to. That alone might 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 tank it, but it yeah. might, it, it, maybe the game is broken when they try to make it look better. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. That's one yeah. of those things I hope I'm wrong on. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, well, that was fun though. That was fun. We'll be interesting, just like we did last year uh, or this year on this episode. Next year, the very first episode of 2019, as long as it's Frank's not out of town again, whatever episode we record officially, the first episode that we officially record in 2020, we will recap our 2019 predictions and pick 10 more for 2020. So it's going to be something we do every single year. But you know what that song means, Frank? You know what time it is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kickstart My Heart. Hope it never stops. And I do have something really exciting for Kickstart My Heart this week. Something that I found last night while kind of searching around. Uh, A 2D open world adventure game where you will craft your own magic abilities, explore a captivating open world, and follow the heartwarming story of Pim Pim. The game is known as Little Legend currently looking for 35,000 US dollars and they're sitting at 19,692 so over halfway there 207 backers at the time of recording with 26 days to go there's no question in my mind this game will eventually reach their goal Little Legend is a 2D side-scrolling adventure game taking place in a dreamlike open world you play as Pim Pim a young girl with supernatural powers who sets off to explore the world craft your own magic abilities explore a huge captivating world and discover the secret behind the rebuilding of the universe 
With Little Legend, we wanted to reproduce the same, they, not we, they wanted to reproduce the same feeling of satisfaction as the one you get when you exploit a glitch in a video game to your advantage to reach the highest platform or pass through a closed door. They like when players feel smart about discovering how to overcome an obstacle using its own way and not the one that was thought for them by the creators of the game. Uh, so it's, it sounds cool. It does. It does. It sounds really cool. But the world is known as the Grand Continent. The Grand Continent is a land in constant change orchestrated by two giant goddesses. High in the clouds, the magnificent city of Lancis once destroyed for having been built higher than the goddesses themselves, which kind of gives me like a Xenoblade feeling like, are you playing the, the, the top of the yeah. tower of Babel? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. The goddesses redesign the mountains and the lakes with their hands. They create passion as much as they divide. Some people talk about a new era of rebuilding. Others sense the coming of a time of chaos and destruction. The governing authority upon the wise advises, advises of the countess announced the conversation plan and opened the way to a new gold rush for adventurers and explorers. On the Grand Continent, waters are floating up in the air and the skies in perpetual motion. Host various, host various universes, snowflakes are warm and the sand becomes pink with the cold. Trees migrate when the goddesses close their eyelids to shroud the woods with darkness. Despite the danger isolated roads represent, some farms and villages can be found along the way. Among the landscape, you find a, ra uh, a ravine, a never-ending waterfall, a path to the unknown, and roads to the past of this world. So they're saying here the story. Pim Pim is a teenager living on an isolated island with her adoptive grandfather. During the day, she works as a waitress in the unique inn of the island and never misses a bit of the stories told by the fearless adventurers passing by. By night, she looks upon the sky and wonders about her unknown future. It should be noted that Pim Pim is one of a kind. She has got supernatural powers, which allow her to control some forces of the nature. Despite the reluctance of her grandfather, Pim Pim decides to leave on her own for a long journey to discover the Grand Continent, searching for answers about her past. She reaches the capital city of Lancis and joins the Guild of the Explorers on the advice of the Countess. One of the goals of this community is to retrieve artifacts from the past scattered everywhere because of the ever-changing world in order to preserve and keep track of their history. Working with the guild is the perfect opportunity for Pim Pim to bring together her desire to discover the world and to search for her origins. As time will pass, the connection between Pim Pim and the Countess will evolve into a mother-daughter relationship until, wow, the artwork for the goddess or the, the Countess looks really cool, until Pim Pim discovers the true reasons behind the guild expeditions. Um, looking around here to see, I love the way like the actual animation this game is using. The artwork is freaking gorgeous. The color palettes are fantastic. Uh, trying to... Does it say stretch goals anywhere? Where are they on here? Anywhere? I'm scrolling down. There's music, uh, voiceovers, stretch goals. Here we go. At 35,000 US dollars, which is currently what they're looking for to actually get the game funded. So the base funding goal is going to get the game on Switch and PC. So this is a Switch game and a PC game, bare minimum. Uh, Actually, that's it. That's the only goal they have on it right now. So apparently they're waiting. Yeah, they're apparently waiting to uh, to get that 35,000 for more stretch goals to be revealed. The cheapest entry point to get a copy of the game. What is it? 25 US dollars would get you a digital copy yeah. of the game on Switch PS4. Although it does, it does say PS4 Xbox One here. So they're, I'm assuming they're assuming that the game will eventually come to PS4 Xbox One. But uh, 25 US dollars will get you a copy of the game, plus credit as a backer, wallpapers and updates sometime in and around December 2020. This game looks fantastic. Sean, are you looking at this? I am. And you know what? It's a beautiful game. I think it's going to be a really good electronic download. Exactly. I don't I want to turn into a magic weasel. <laughs> right. How, do, how does someone not want to do that? 
I love the art palette here. Like, I love the colors being used. I love the animation that they're showing off here. Uh, this game looks great. I don't know, man. It's, the, and the character designs are fantastic. Like, these are really cool character models in the way that they look. There's so many things going on here. The, the, I, did, I skipped over so many things, like the Magicraft and the crafting system and the combat mechanics, which look really cool. I skipped over a lot of stuff because we're already uh, we're already approaching, you know, time here. Are you jumping in? Of course I am. And yeah, the freaking Magic Weasel is, is super, super cool. That's, the, that's what sold me. The Magic Weasel. <laughs> Uh, and you can rest like this game looks cool. You can rest by a bonfire time cycle day night system Man, this game looks really good um, I'm gonna jump in as well. This this is one of the ones I've been most excited about um, Probably up there with temtem for me in terms of kickstart my heart projects We've talked about in the past. So yeah, go to kickstarter.com search the game. It's called little legend currently They just went up by a background if that was you Frank uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, currently looking for 35,000 US dollars they are currently sitting at 19,726 with 26 days ago as a time of recording. So check it out. Uh, it looks really cool. Can I say, Brad, I love I love this segment, but you're costing money every week. Well, no, you don't you don't actually pledge to everything. Almost, week. almost actually, every week. Actually, actually, it's been about a month and a half since I think you've pledged to something we've talked about. Well, that's, that's why I don't feel so bad spending 25 bucks here. Yeah, I think it's been a little while. But unfortunately, I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you want to discuss before either of you, before we get out of here. I'm just thankful uh, for joining us today, Shonzi. It was uh, excellent to have you. Uh, let's make this a more regular thing. Thanks, maybe guys. You, hell, maybe, maybe just you and me next time. Whoa. Hey, that'd be, fine. that'd be fine with me. If you want to record the episode and send it to me, that'd be great. I'll put it up on the YouTube channel and the old uh, podcast services. Absolutely. I don't need to be there. That got me right in the cord. That is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level Made Possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through iTunes. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash games and subscribe to our channel there. And while you're at it, why not hit twitch.tv slash games and follow us there. If you want to stalk us on social media, you can do that. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check the description for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Max level.